0: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, November 14th, 2023, and I'll tell you, somebody did not want this show to come out today, so so I feel, but I'm not even going to get into why I'm late today. It's not even worth your time to waste all the time that it might take to explain the absurdity that I just went through. Every day seems like that's the point, right, but today' just more determined to make sure that this show is as clear as it can be and as objective and as factual as it can be, because there's so many important things to go over in 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 each segment of today, but the starting kind of third of the show is really going to be just nailing home some of the most obvious manipulations, lies, even false flag territory and in in the context of what's been going on putting out and in on in Twitter overwhelmingly just tweet after tweet that are shown to be false that they later delete that the IDF that it's it's gotten really absurd and i it just screams desperation because people see what's going on what they've done is have, this has exposed the true face of zionism to israelis to americans to christians to jews it's all over the world right now and i and i just I think it's the one of the few silver linings to the horrifying thing we're watching play out right now. One of the things that Palestinians have been fighting for for 75 years, for your your attention, for you to fully see what the reality is on the ground and not just the narrative spun through Zionist and American propaganda machines. But we're going to go through that today and really show you not, you know, and we're not even getting into the things we've already talked about, the the, the mountain of misinformation that's already come out, but just in really short succession, like the last week or so, just an overwhelming amount. So we're going to go through that to start, in particular. And as always, everything today seems to kind of interconnect the larger point. Oh, not just because we're talking about this one topic, but we're going to go over a lot of these lies that have been shown to be false. We're going to talk about the way the media is misrepresenting the information through omission, but also just through deliberate lies and and and. Even through like legislation, like creating circumstances where the government claims, like in UK, for example, that journalists aren't allowed to cover certain things or see things, frame things a certain way. But, you know, press freedom, of course, (laughs) free speech, but you can't say that, you know, really ridiculous times that we're in. And we're going to talk about the Al Shifa Hospital again, and some information around this. We're going to talk about two really important revelations, both, by the way, stemming from Freddie Pontone on Twitter, which you should be following. I really respect this guy in general; does great work. But you guys have seen him. We've done many interviews with him, talking about two main things. One of which is a a United Nations report that in their, that they're claiming they have the proof, the evidence that just not, I guess the the evidence that these things never showed up. Not that we know what happened to them, where they went, but that they had sent aid trucks from Egypt or that Egypt had sent aid trucks or wherever these they ultimately stem from. They Egypt officially, per the United Nations, initiated the cross, the border crossing of these aid trucks. Now between and and look, I'll leave it just as the U.N. makes it clear. They never showed up. Right. That they sent them to 2,100 of them that they net that they just never went to Gaza whatever that means. And I find that to be very telling. Now, to be very clear on this, there's no part, in, there's no circumstance in which that could be Hamas. We're talking about a controlled border crossing, which is the point I was making before to pretend like Hamas somehow has control of their side of it is ridiculous. It's it's a controlled prison. So it, and it's not like they gained control of that prison. They're still, they, they broke out and came back in as the argument, essentially, if you're to simplify it, they're inside of this area and Israel controls these crossings with Egypt. The point is, these trucks came through, per the United Nations, or excuse me, I, I believe I said the United Nations, and and after, the, but this is pre uh, before the twentieth. So all this time, they were telling you we hey, we let some aid come through, but obviously it was a joke because it was not even a fraction of what was needed, and no fuel that would make all of it ness, you know, actually matter. And up to the twentieth, apparently nothing was going through. After the 20th, they claim that some has now begun to come through. But this is an interesting point to show you that while they were claiming things were happening, the U.N. is now saying that it wasn't. And we also have another report, a leaked report coming. uh, I think it's a Dutch report, an internal diplomat report that is in their in, in their words showing that Israel deliberately targets civilian structures. Now, that's not under the guise of, well, Hamas was present and that's why we're making that means not a military target that they are deliberately targeting civilian locations for the, what's the right word not just to i mean the the point is for horror to hurt people to shock people but the term they use is more it's a you know through a strategic lens trying to just absolutely sh- i mean i the shock and horror are the exact the right words to use there but the ultimate point is to try to create a circumstance that then Puts these people in a position where they will do whatever they're told, or they will drive them wherever they want them to go. That you're just trying to create horror in these people's lives, and this is, you know, this this aligns with a lot of the different things we've talked about, the different directives, whether Hannibal or the mowing the grass conversation. It's really unnerving to see these things in full display, and then see people try to rationalize it. The many that we've mentioned out there try to come in and act like, no, here's why this directive of just, you know, occasionally mowing the grass in Palestine is not what you think it is. Or here's why the Hannibal directive does not mean that they allow their own people to die or shot them. It's unnerving that people will even go that far. But we'll go into much more than that as well. And another point about Hamas and another point about the United Nations, by the way, in regard to the local Palestinian agency and what Israel is now claiming. It's just getting more and more absurd. Now we're going to actually start with a, with an important point that I wanted you guys to see that I thought was just, and it speaks to almost even to some of the stuff I was dealing for, right, with right before this show started. There's an unbelievable amount of manipulation going on. I'm not going to assume that it has just, just to do with this topic, but I have to admit that the obvious reach and influence of the Zionist agenda around the world is more than I ever, I mean, it's it's a little, it's, it's. It's unnerving to see how many government officials in very high positions of power are almost committing political suicide in order to maintain the narrative that israel's not breaking the law i mean how what else do you how else do we see that i mean you understand the idea of mutual mutually beneficially mutual beneficial lies right where they will they'll hell hide it because they're both involved or they're both culpable we're at a point now where biden's a great example he's lost like I don't know the exact number, but I've been seeing articles all week about how terrible he's lost most of his support, largely because of his support for what's going on in Israel. I mean, what does that show you? It's really crazy that we're watching this play out. And I just think that there's, like, my point in coming back to this is just there's an overwhelming amount of suppression and manipulation and scare tactics and just straight up, well, I mean, you know, espionage, that kind of cloak and dagger stuff to get people to do what they want. I mean, that, that by the way, that shouldn't be scary. Shrugged off like some kind of conspiracy theory. Do we not realize that these intelligence apparatus of all countries do these kind of things? And it's not just about you there watching the show, but you know, higher levels. But yeah, very much so if they felt it was necessary, would carry out campaigns like this of terror, right? You know, like the actual Orient origin of the Lehi or Irgun Ir- Zionist parties, or you know, what the US government seems to do all around the world on a damn near regular basis, you know, fighting for freedom. Hashtag war of terror, you know, it's really shocking. So my point is I'm seeing stuff that I've never seen before, despite that I feel like I've been on this for a long time, same stuff. I guess it's more contentious today than ever because people are paying attention more than ever, which shows you that it's not really that it's contentious because I'm saying it, it's contentious because I'm reaching you with what I'm saying. And that is the main point, but I got this as long with other people, I'm just going to leave it very opaque for the moment this was directed to me, an email that says, kindly use the link below because your HR department is trying to reach you and blah, blah, blah. And I said, the links some are going in order to hack, spy on, or otherwise manipulate members of TLAV. Many have gotten this, including myself, from someone or some group to pretending to be the HR department of TLAV, even though that doesn't exist, by the way. Feel free to ask him why, seeing as how his email was public, well, I'm sure it's probably just some sock puppet account. But isn't that crazy? I guarantee you, had I clicked on this link, it would steal my identity or whatever else, hack me, spy on me. But this is not, I mean, there's plenty of these things that are just, you know, little sock puppet bot things that are trying to scoop up information and steal your credit card numbers. But something tells me this is a little bit different. And I've seen something quite a bit different over the last so many months. But I just want you guys to be aware. Like don't forget, just over the last so many months, I've randomly seen a a fake T Lab Rumble channel, a fake T Lab Telegram channel. All this stuff starts popping up, and they're all they're out there. It's not just some pu- fake en- empty spot. They're in. They're going, yeah, let's talk about this. Yes, I'm Ryan, and I care about these things, and trying to pretend and drive you into areas that that are almost in- interestingly to begin with, kind of what they're per- like they're pretending to be like what I would say, but then drive you in the wrong direction. Here, take a look at this talking point and it's clearly a surreptitious entity. So just be on guard, guys. It's a lot. Now, in a couple of quick points to start from a little bit outside of the Israel-Palestine conversation, but in, you know, connected to it, the cradle points something out I thought was interesting that I wanted to make an important point on to start. It says in a video taken during her captivity, Israeli Elizabeth uh, uh, Tsurkov kidnapped in Iraq seven months ago, says she was a Mossad operative tasked to establish ties with the SDF in, in Syria, you know, the moderate rebels, and to sow intra-Shia strife in Iraq. So this is, the, this, is the, this is what's so fascinating to me, and I've written articles about this. I've done entire segments and shows on this, the, 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 the divide, right, the, the religious manipulation. We talked about this in regard to, you know, like the Sunni Shiite kind of concept that we've talked about a lot. And I mean, I only say it that way because I really don't think it's in, in the context of the individual, like the historic concept there. There's always been a, a, a both political and religious kind of divide r- around these topics that stem into a lot of different countries. But I believe that it's a much more manipulated and convoluted than it's ever been today. I don't even have to believe that. I think it's obvious. My point is that I've written about this, talked about the idea that the United States and Israel have always been involved in a religious war and trying to pit the, like, let's not forget ISIS, as well as the chief ally of the United States, Saudi Arabia, are Sunni. This is what we're talking about. This is the, the Wahhabism, really, the Wahhabi, the Wahhabi kind of extremist mindset that's the basis for ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all the rest. Now, what's interesting is all of these groups... And we can prove, by the way, that ISIS and al-Qaeda and Hamas, by the way, are created, armed, funded, and work with the United States and Israel. So isn't it interesting that all of the Shiite, the, the, Iran, I mean, all these different overlaps are the bad guys of the world today. Even though you can literally prove in spades how many terrible things the U.S. government has continued to do and Israel's continued to do and their origins. And yet, all oh, we really get a lot of narrative about Russia and Iran. Again, I'm never saying good, bad. I think all of these governments with an amount of power that Israel and the U.S. have would ultimately end up in the same position. I know I'm a pessimist, but I kind of think that power corrupts. My point, though, is that it's a really obvious thing. First of all, I haven't got to the main point of this, but to realize that this divide is something they have been trying to stoke because it's useful for them. Because that, I mean, ultimately it keeps the divide in the Middle East in general, but also just it keeps this divide in regard to the, the way that West, the West not that we see it through this lens, but that they we see the outlines of it, right the war on terror and the bad guy countries versus the good guy countries. so this is them, if this is true, sending a Mossad agent in to maintain that divide. I just think that's really telling, but the other point would be let's realize this is somebody who was taken in Iraq, and this was something given under duress, right? So what would an honest person do here? a real journalist, what would they do? They would say, well, here's the outlines of that conversation, and if if this was true, here's why that would be important, and here's why Israel might do that if that was the case. And then we would say, but because it was an interrogation for a person who was under, you know, somebody who's a prisoner, whether that means torture or not. That is somebody who is under duress, and historically, you don't ever go, that means it's the truth. You say, it might be. And here's why the history and the context might add to that, but you always put the asterisk next to it. You know, like all these people that suddenly say the, you have all this evidence in Israel-Palestine conversation. You have all the information, you have people that have testified, you've got other people that have seen it, you've got investigations ongoing. And then you got the Israeli idea to capture somebody and they go, here's what he said, and they show you a video. And they weirdly look like they've been beat up and they're shaking and they're scared. But, you know, we're going to pretend that just means that's the truth. Now, it certainly could. And I've said the same. But I just think it's so crazy how willing people are to take what they're handed from the very people who have been caught lying about what's going on and have a vested interest in making sure you think what they want you to. Now, we know most people who are honest can stand back and go, "Okay, maybe question it, maybe. But there's so many people that will just show you that. But then when you show you this, they go, that's probably fake. So why don't you add that same skepticism over here? We know you get the point. So I just think that's interesting. And I make, I, this is why I think it's important that we make, we maintain this kind of objectivity, even as they don't, you know, whoever that may be. And also realize that people that do stuff like this, who maintain a nonpartisan objective viewpoint are the kind of people that aren't allowed to play the game. Alison Morrow and I are realizing this, and we just had a show that we did together on her platform and we talked about stuff that. I mean, it it wasn't like an in-depth conversation. It was a casual discussion of airs and different things. They pulled it down immediately. Even though you've got people like Russell Brand and Jimmy Dore and others talking about this stuff all the time. So why is it so hard for us to have that conference? Because we're not allowed to. That's why. Because I think both of us are nonpartisan and objective. And that's not allowed. Now, they weirdly did bring it back after she called a lot of attention to it. But my point is that's the kind of stuff they go after. So back to this point. If she was a Mossad agent and this is the reality, I think we, first of all, we need to realize this is absolutely happening. Whether or not she is one of those people, you can question. But ask if this is happening all over the place, whether it's CIA, Mossad, or any variation there from Russia, China, anything else, they're all doing this all the time. That's the real way to understand this situation. It's never the good guy versus the bad guy or your government's doing it for the right reasons. They're all just trying to gain from the situation by manipulating others. I really think we need to wrap our minds around that. And I think this is an important point of how this is being played right now, that we have the whole, itch, the whole ongoing genocide in Palestine. And the only way they can pull themselves out of that hole they dug, because they're in full display committing one of the worst genocides I've ever seen in my lifetime, they got to make it about somebody else. It's Iran's fault this is happening. Well, Hamas didn't work because, you know, get into many of the reasons why, because clearly uh, what they're doing, it just overshadows everything. But if they can make this about something much larger, that Iran is the one orchestrating it all. And Iran just carried out that event that we're about to see possibly is kind of the point this is going toward. Well, then we might just get redirected to some bigger outrage, some new massive axis of evil. And here's the living embodiment of that. And suddenly the ongoing genocide is kind of forgotten about and justified by the fact that it turns out they really all were terrorists. Like that's where this is. They're trying to drive this. I don't think it's going to work, but here's what 60 Minutes just put out. We've heard this already. We heard this during Trump's administration. We heard just Iran has vowed to kill former U.S. government officials. Now, it's not exactly that simple to be quite clear, but yes, they have. One assassination attempt was busted when an Iranian officer hired an assassin who was actually an FBI informant. Well, great. So FBI says, how, how well has that worked out for us so far? And I'm not saying they wouldn't do this. I want to tell you why I think I would even say that. But what's interesting is the FBI is the one saying that they've got, it just, it's, it's might as well be like what we're going to get into in a minute. You know, here, here's the mind Kampf book that I just found in this child's room with nothing I can even give you that would ever make you, how do you, how do you know whether that's real or not? How do we know whether the chemical weapons instructions you found in that guy's pocket are even real, or if there even was a guy? You're standing in front of 60 Minutes or whoever else and saying, here's what I have to say, and the media laps it up. So my point is, this very well could just be the beginnings of another attempt to build the narrative that Iran is the boogeyman driving around the world and killing everybody wherever they go, and this kind of sounds like what the US government is doing all over the place, right? Even though Iran doesn't seem to be doing that, what's the last country Iran toppled? right? What's the last illegal action they took in a foreign country? Well, they're going to give you all sorts of narratives they've spun. Well, look at Hamas, look at the Houthis, look at this. Well, those aren't Iran. And they love to say that, but there's been many examples where they've proven that's not the case and we just don't talk about it. But the other part of this is, let's not forget what this is about. This is about Soleimani, right? Trump and the US government illegally murdered Soleimani, who was not even remotely who they said he was. kasim Soleimani was a leading general in the military of Iran and was a pinnacle, central part of actually fighting ISIS. You know, the thing the U.S. is never really doing. And the reason they claim he's a terrorist, well, because he helped Syria try to defend the invasion of Syria. And as that happened, as the illegal occupier was trying to occupy Syria, well, they shot at the people trying to illegally occupy Syria. And those happened to be Americans. And so they call it terrorism. Even though there's never been a point at which we haven't acknowledged that that's an illegal act, an illegal war, an illegal invasion, an illegal occupation, and an ongoing illegal theft of their resources. But terrorism, right? And so they murdered him in an airport, in a civilian airport, when he was brought there under the guise of a diplomatic mission. I mean, these, these are the worst of the worst, guys. That's what the worst looks like. It's just disgusting. So they now are talking about this report. Iranian dissidents say they face intimidation or actually, no, excuse me. That was, um, oh yeah, this is the report. People like John Bolton, the revolutionary guards sought to procure either my kidnapping or my assassination. Like this is one of the most belligerently pro-war sociopath, borderline psychopaths I've ever seen in my life. Everybody thinks this guy's a maniac, even Washington. It's crazy. He's it's it's like Lindsey Graham. They are just belligerent pro war all the time. And no matter what they say, it's all that you're in the right because we're America. The, this is a dying concept. Like this is the old school, this is what Nikki Haley believes we're still living through. She's just tapping into like some combination of Donald Trump and, and George Bush. It's it's embarrassing, and it's hilarious. But another wildly pro anti Iran kind of pro M E K, uh, you know, these this lot of, anyway, read this for yourself. The point is, all these people for the podcast, by the way, I'm just ranting through this. There's all these people that are testifying that they're being threatened, that Iran's going after them, and it will. The only thing they've ever really said was that they were going to hold accountable those who assassinated Soleimani, and it was a crime. So the idea that they frame every kind of repercussion for their acts, I mean, think about what they're doing right now. Aren't they the ones saying that everything Israel's doing is justified because they were attacked? Well, then, OK, then that ju- through that logic, everything that happens because of that would be justified, right? See, it's tricky when you try to play their logic another way. But I think this is all important because they're creating this dynamic where it becomes this axis of evil. Now, Mr. Rogers here, who I'm not familiar with the work, just simply points something out, completely speculation, completely his opinion. But I thought it was interesting to point out. He says, I'm calling it now. The Biden administration will airstrike Iran after a Gulf of Tonkin like incident. You know, it's not really that hard to throw out something like that especially for those that are very aware of U.S.'s long, ongoing, never-ending series of false flags to justify everything they do. So it's kind of an easy bet. Nonetheless, I do think it's a good time for this kind of hypothesis. That's all it really is, other than the idea of what he puts here in regard to the locations of the Eisenhower aircraft carrier. It says, Biden's poll numbers are super low. What better way to temporarily boost his poll numbers than heading into election by opening up air war with Iran, well, I don't know if that even applies logically, though, because right now that's what they kind of thought with Israel would do, but people aren't buying their lies right now. But maybe, maybe that would spin it around. But I do think that the attack on Americans kind of mindset, which is how desperate these people seem right now, might just be where they go with this. And just simply, it is called rally around the flag effect. I didn't actually know that. That's apparently this is the the term for you know using violence and war and false flags to kind of drive people in their kind of into that jingoistic mindset kind of like post 9/11 where nothing you can do is wrong because we're fighting terrorism like it's it's dangerous but it's kind of lost its power because people are seeing through their lies now on that note let's talk about what's going on in the besieged Gaza strip now this this article is interesting you can look through this i'm not really sure exactly how this makes sense if gaza was in your city how would how much would have it would it be destroyed it's a weird thing i wanted just to read you this update from from yesterday but the point is they basically take the gaza strip which it's important to look at this this map is in my opinion doesn't even do justice cuz the red is like the, the the destroyed areas but there's an orange part of the map that they don't show here which is way more than on the map which implies like just kind of some destruction some over you know peripheral problem But they take the whole map and they overlap it. In this case, Johannesburg. For those in the United States, here is Los Angeles. I just don't really get how that gives you any insight. But basically, they're saying, like, you know, here's where the airport would be. Here's Beverly Hills. And this is what it would look like if this was where you were. Right? Like, here's the, looks like the uh, San Fernando. And you can just see, you know. So if you live there, just look at how all, look at how much area is bombed. So I guess that's the, the gist of it. But this is what I wanted to read to you. Gaza has been ravaged by more than 1 month of non-stop, which I think is still just in and of itself amazing crazy. Non-stop more than 30 days round the clock bombardment. That blows my mind in and of itself. That has leveled entire neighborhoods, but you know, pinpoint targeting of Hamas we're told, and delivered death and destruction to the enclaves 2.3 million residents. Israel has dropped more than 25,000 tons of explosives in just 141 square miles. That's crazy. That, by the way, is equivalent to two nuclear bombs landing on the area a quarter of the size of London. But self-defense, though, right, guys? As of November 10th, half of Gaza's homes, 222,000 residential units, you know, all of which they were slowly destroying anyway, not in Gaza necessarily, but all over the West Bank and elsewhere, you know, to settle and take over illegally, which is always illegal. All of this is illegal, have been damaged, 222,000, with more than 40,000 completely destroyed. 40,000. While most of the destruction has been centered in northern Gaza, even its south, which Israel claims is a safe zone, has not been spared. Now, it's, it's far less, but look at how indis- it's all over the... I mean, Khan Yunus was one of the places they swore up and down was the best place to go. All the way up to Egypt has been bombed. We know this. The crossing has been repeatedly bombed. Explain to me why, if they're telling people in the south, which is right up here, that that's where the bad guys are, at least that's where they're starting, so flee to the south so we could take care of the north. And then, while they're doing that, they still just bomb not one, not two, but three, all three different locations. All three sectors right here of North Gaza are bombed, or Southern Gaza, excuse me. How do you misunderstand that? Are they are they tactical, strategic? If so, why are they going all over the place? This is just a carpet bombing terror campaign. That's what this is. Now, Caitlin Johnstone, to start off with the false flag misinformation part of this, she broke down a really great thing. Jamie Dore recently talked about it. The 10 dumbest things we're being asked to believe about Gaza. And just, we really, I mean, not, I, I shouldn't say we, I think most people do see through this. I honestly think more people are aware of the, the you know, or at the very least kind of uncomfortable with this. They feel they're being lied to. I think it's more than we saw during COVID-19. I think this is the vast majority. I don't even think that's hard to see. I think, I mean, you, this is why we're seeing, like, it's a really interesting dynamic where we're seeing people simultaneously argue that the media is towing a line with this, but then at the same time, that same media is covering up the same thing. Isn't it interesting? It's the paradigm. The paradigm gets so confused and lost when things don't go the way they normally do. So they're all—it's like the scarecrow. They're all point. The point is that right now, it's obvious to me that the media is still very much towing the line that Israel's not committing genocide for the most part. Now, what's interesting though, and this is the same point I made about how people that are like just mildly have any empathy for Palestine in any way, even though if they're like towing 99% of Israel's lines, but they go, but maybe Gaza has been hurt too. They're a terrorist. They, th- that side eats them alive. Like you're a pro-Hamas terrorist and you're an anti-Semite. And those people usually scour and go, no, please, I didn't mean it. And they run back to that side. Like, but they, But the point is, it's not like they're going, maybe you're wrong. They just show the smallest amount of empathy. So what we're seeing is a lot of these people out there that are like the media is going, Because they forced to, there's no way you cannot. if you want to maintain any level of credibility, you have to acknowledge what's happening. And so they're simply going, look, these people are being killed. And then you get the people that are the extreme pro-Zionist on the other side of this that are going, none of the media, the media is all on the side of the, I don't know what Biden and against Israel, even though he's helping them. I mean, it just doesn't even make any sense. This is is what I mean about the the two-party paradigm. So apparently from the rights perspective, Biden is funding Iran, which is helping all this happen. Even as there are like the most aggressively pro-Israel, save maybe for Trump, which is probably why they look at it that way. So my point is all of them are very clearly in the, the, whether they deviate slightly in some ways on the Israel's doing what they're supposed to and we defend them, all of them. But when the left kind of goes, but Gaza matters, they go, see, they're on the side. (laughs) of It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, people like us are over here really trying to expose the reality. This two-party paradigm is so trapped in its own world. It's incredible. And I think they've all become quite lost in it. But my point is that there's so much information about this that is so blatantly obvious and they're trying to accuse the media of somehow holding the bag for this, covering it up when they haven't barely even tapped into a fraction of 1% of the truth in this topic. But it's just, it's really telling how this topic has ruined everything. Like we're never going to be the same and hopefully that mean that in a good way, but I guess yet to be seen, but things have shifted. They've broken the constructs with this. And people are confused and people are very uncomfortable. And I think they're all scrambling to try to make sense of all this and put people back in their paradigm places. But she writes, number one, 10 dumbest things. That Israel had no idea what Hamas was up to prior to October 7th, but ever since October 7th, has known every hospital, mosque, school, refugee camp, and water tower that Hamas is hiding in. Which is not exactly what they're claiming, but that's kind of the way the Twitterverse presents this. That the blame, number two, the blame for all the death caused by Israeli weapons launched by Israel rests on Hamas just one of the stupidest parts of this whole thing I mean even if you want to pretend Hamas is the reason they have to do so like their hands are tied they don't doesn't wash their hands of the responsibility for the bombing right I mean it's just it's this weird vortex of lies we've ended up in where all the people that pretend that they're fighting for the right thing and human rights and blah 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 they're just revealing who they really are. I mean, it's just, it's so blatantly obvious. And I, But it's a good thing. It's just like with COVID. Thank God we're questioning these people now. Number three, that Hamas is using human shields, meaning Hamas bases are hidden amongst among, amidst civilian populations. Yet Israel is managing to kill thousands of civilians without doing any meaningful damage to Hamas. And by the way, we all, we recently went over, actually I should grab the, uh, let's see, see what pops up. Okay, I'll just grab the link to the main show. I might as well grab the, oops, the video itself, in case you want to watch that too. I I did this myself. I just grabbed a quick little clip that I wanted to put up about the human shields part of it. And this this one's actually, I think, six minutes. I put up like a two-minute one on Twitter as well. The open secret of Israel's use of human shields. All the source materials there. I mean, it really is as blatant as it gets. I mean you can see you know oh the, the first two are about the the Hamas and the lie about that even from their own information but as you can see Reuters the UN Palestinian children tortured uses human shields that's I think 2007 2013 right the international Defense for children international Israel forces use five Palestinian children as human shields here's one in Jericho using them as a human shield This is BetSellum, repeatedly use them as human shields, and then they even call them out and say, you know, we know this is a problem, Then they actually, on the record, issue an order going forward prohibiting the use of that, which means on the record, they even admitted to doing it and said they would stop, and yet still, you get people online arguing, yeah, it's not true, or somebody like, what's her name from GB News going, it's not an apartheid state, I just can't even... Like, did you not read? Can you not look at every human rights group? I mean, where else do you look to get that kind of information? Question them, sure. But it's not, like, if every group that has any standing in that discussion says they are, and you just act like it's never even been said publicly, I mean, you're either that bad at your job or you're lying. So in this case, they said we'll stop. And then they went to the neighbor procedure, as it's called, which is, a, I guess, a watered down version. And guess what? The international body said that's also a crime and they never stopped doing it. It's just as clear as it can possibly be in this conversation. Human Rights Watch, same thing. Routinely uses children under the neighbor procedure as human shields. Oh, and then I just included the last part where, you know, this general admits that they were ordered to snipe children and then a video of them sniping children, you know, shooting them. But I'll include that so you guys can watch it for yourself. Wait, did I just open that? Oh, I know what I did. I'll include both of these for you. What? You guys just saw me open that. Anyway. So going forward. Oh, and you know, the human shields part, I do think is very important just because the evidence is all very clear and their entire argument about the Hamas using them is, is I mean, not really backed up by a lot of evidence. I mean, I would love to see just one provable example of this of circumstance, like right now. I'm not saying they're not doing it especially if you're in a position where you feel like you're going to be killed. I'm not even trying to justify it. I'm just saying you can understand how this might happen in a field of war when you're dealing with people that they're calling terrorists. So my point is, give me one example, just one, or one example of an investigation, which I'm sure will eventually get will come out, and it will amount to Israel saying, we did it, and we found that, and that's why we know it's true. with nothing to prove it, and we'll go, we'll go into why that's happening right now after this list. Number four, that it would be perfectly fine to murder children by the thousands, even if they were being used as human shields, as though resolving a hostage situation by mowing down thousands of children hostages would be regarded as reasonable and acceptable by public, by the public, if it happened in our own country. That's what I was saying before. Whether you take one one person like a like a hostage situation or or another wartime situation, there is literally no other con, con, series of. of Anywhere else in the world, any other country at war, any other circumstance where that would be acknowledged as the right thing to do? Well, they got a bunch of hostages, so that's just their fault, I guess. So kill all the hostages, and we did what we were supposed to. I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing that anybody pretends that makes sense. And I'll get into that in a minute. It says this is, the, that it is only, number five, by pure coincidence that Israel bombing Hamas targets in civilian infrastructure and res, residential buildings just so happens to look exactly the same as what you'd expect to see if Israel was simply bombing civilian infrastructure and residential buildings and lying about its reasons for doing so. But it's totally not that, though. Number six, that satellite images of entire neighborhoods reduced to rubble in Gaza have been caused by precision strikes directed solely at Hamas and have been carried out with the greatest of care for human life, despite Israeli officials' openly saying that the emphasis is on damage, not accuracy. See, Caitlin sees it in this, in, in this assault and that the Gaza will eventually turn into a city of tents. There will be no buildings. It doesn't take, it's easy. If you're an honest person and actually care to look outside your controlled narrative constructs, I just mean, or really just look at everyone's opinions and come to your own conclusion about it. The evidence is there. It's endless. That's why human rights lawyers have said the intent is the usually the hardest part to prove. It's right, it's in full display. The intent is clear. Number seven, that the bombing campaign has anything to do with freeing Israeli hostages. As though the bombing campaign itself has not killed dozens of hostages. And as though anyone believes Israel would stop bombing Gaza after the hostages were returned. This is childishly naive or just dishonest lying. I think most people who are saying these things know these aren't true. That number eight. That the only reason anyone could possibly oppose the de- the detonation of thousands of bombs on an open air prison full of children would be if they had very strong and hateful opinions towards the members of re- of the religion of Judaism. Right, because you're not allowed to have that opinion. I'm not saying I mean, anybody that has hate in their heart called out for it, but it's not a crime. It's called free speech. You're allowed to think what you want, right? The point is they're making a situation where because you can suggest even, not prove, but just suggest, allude to because of one person's statements in one location in the world that everybody who thinks this way or believes in this person or wants a free Palestine all thinks this way. And then again, the point is, even if they did, which they could prove that they don't, even if they did, I mean, like all of them, if you prove that they all did, is that a crime? I mean, guys, there are hateful people all over the place. I can point to many of them supported by the U.S. government. In this country, mind you, groups that are pointed at as some kind of, rev like I mean, there's Antifa, for example, They're, they are frothing at the mouth with hate for all sorts of groups. Should we put them in jail? Plenty of reasons to for the crimes they've committed, but the point is, by their logic, if you just hate the thing that the, 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 you're not supposed to hate that day, well, you can be murdered. Well, people like Ben Shapiro and the rest are clearly starting to make arguments just like that. Oh, you're a journalist? Well, not if you X, Y, and Z. Well, what are you talking about? Now you're creating caveats for journalists to be killed if they happen to film the wrong thing? Like, it's it's overwhelming. Again, it shows you who they really are. I don't know why they're choosing to reveal it. Number nine, that Hamas attacked Israel entirely out of the blue and completely unprovoked, solely because they are evil and hate Jews you know, or 75 years of ongoing brutal occupation and apartheid. But, you know, whatever narrative makes you happy. Number 10, that Washington is powerless to stop this genocide that is directly funding and supplying, that it is directly funding and supplying. You can read it all here if you want. Now, I, 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 I've always liked Caitlin's work. I think she's very objective and she has a great insight to a lot of things. But I will, I will also agree that she was very quiet during COVID-19, but I'm not going to speak to or know why that might be. I don't, I can't support that. I don't know why anybody who would be in a position to, you know, be critical of anything. She she talks about a lot of topics, but there were a lot of people like that. So, you know, it's the same thing as ever. It's like, it's not about, they did one thing. So you stop doing, you you look at everyone's content all the time, right? And if it's not about the person, it matters, but ultimately it's about the, about the content. It's about the claim. I think this is excellent, right? So it's it's the same thing. Like if RFK Jr. said something today that I thought was important and relevant, I talk about it. Doesn't mean I support them for his presidential campaign. But I really do think Caitlin Johnstone is an, an important voice in the independent media. And, you know, people just, you know, I'll leave it there. I, th- I do think, I, I think she's worth following. I'll put it that way. Now, oh, and I included these Human Shields points. Now, Dan Cohen points out something that I was saying right from the beginning. Because I think this was clear, like, within a, within days after this started. Reuters front page shows a picture of dead and dying newborn babies in Gaza with a headline about Israeli tanks surrounding that hospital. Israel, I, I, he says Israel's losing the information war, even in the mainstream media. They've lost it, guys. I mean, this, this is what I said on October 17th. Israel already lost the information war. And this is, I, I, this says the Baptist Hospital, which is another name for the Al-Ali Hospital. But let's not forget It's weird how they're already trying to, like, pretend like some of these things haven't happened when somebody asked them about the Al-Shifa hospital. Actually, I'll get to that clip in a second. Mark Lamont is is interviewing, formerly of CNN, interviewing an Israeli representative, asking about what other hospitals? It's like, I don't know, the Al-Ali hospital, the Indonesian hospital, the Al-Quds hospital. All of these have been bombed by Israel. Now, remember that Al-Ali hospital was the one where, like, all of them, mind you, were threatening to bomb it. Were dropping leaflets. We're telling people, get out of here, and we're going to bomb it. And then it gets bombed, and they go, oh, Hamas did it. Well, that's a pretty big coincidence, don't you think? As, as they're the, And then ask yourself, if they're the ones saying Hamas is in these hospitals, why would they bomb their own hospital? I think that's why they realized quickly, well, we can't keep saying. That doesn't even make sense. So they went back to, we're going to bomb them openly because Hamas is there. But they tried. Don't forget. that The narrative, even by, I think it was Naftali, he put out the tweet as Twitter caught him saying Hamas was there. That's why we bombed it, which I guess they were debating which way they were going to go about this. <laughs> Clearly, they lost control of that. My point was right then, it was clear that people weren't buying it, that they've already, what they did was exposing what the giantist agenda really was and the world was paying attention. So I think they've already lost it. But if even Reuters is, I mean, look, that's my point before. They're not necessarily saying they're committing war crimes, but just the image alone opens a part of people's minds where they go, wait a minute. I mean, those children don't have any stake in this, right? So they, and that makes Israel very angry. And that's why they start attacking Reuters or the United Nations and call them out for being bad. Like remember they called for the UN um, commissioner to resign simply for saying that there's been an occupation, that this didn't happen in a vacuum, which is an easily proven fact. And they call they say it's disgraceful. Facts are disgraceful when you're a liar, Right. And let's talk about that exact point. Now, this is just embarrassing. We already talked we just we just talked about the same president of Israel talking about the chemical weapons manual that some Hamas member brought in. I made the ridiculous joke of, well, I guess you know, better to have it, not need it, right? Like just in case you came across a chemical weapons lab in midst of your invasion, right? Like it just logically is really stupid. But then he shows this image in english writing and says it's al-qaeda issue and then when even asked about it he's saying no this is not a prop this is from al-qaeda and then of course you can go on and all the links are in the show notes here to find out that it's just a cover from a book i mean easily proven ever it's exactly from the cover of a book and it has nothing to do with chemical weapons and guess what they stopped talking about this it hasn't been brought up again And we're not supposed to stand back and go, whoa, wait a minute. Did he really just try to lie about something that flimsy? Yeah, he really did. And here's another one. This is what they're saying. I'll just, I'll I'll just,
1: I'll play the clip for you. To show you something exclusive, Laura. So this is Adolf Hitler's book translated to Arabic, Mein Kampf. It's the book that led to the Holocaust and the book that led to World War II. This is the book that led to his victory in elections in, in Germany, which led to the worst atrocity of humankind, which the British fought against. Well, this book... You
0: know, the same British that the Lehi terrorist Zionist party were bombing and, and attacking in order to put, drive them to give them this location. That party, right? The same group.
1: Was found just a few days ago in northern Gaza in a, in a children's living room which was turned into a military operation base of Hamas.
0: Oh are there pictures? do you have information? like not even as if pictures alone would prove anything, but not even that. you don't you don't have anything else. just his claim and a book he's holding. Pretty flimsy. I guess it certainly could be true, but didn't they just lied about pretty big things. so
1: on one of the on the body of one of the uh, terrorists, and murderers of Hamas, body of one of the uh, t- basically saying they found this
0: on one of these people, right? This big book, right right beside the chemical weapons instructions, apparently, no, I'm, I'm kidding. but explain for me why this person would bring this book with him, right? So you're going in to be invade and, and you bring along mein Kampf just in case you wanted some casual reading, right or to, to brush up on your Jew-hating material, right? Like, this is just stupid. I, I mean, I look. I, as always, of course, it could be possible, but it just screams. It's it's really like I almost get the feeling like they want you to see through this. I just don't even know how this stuff is real. Terrorists and murderers of Hamas,
1: and he even marked. He wrote notes. He marked. He marked and le- and learned and learned again and again out of Hitler's ideology. Again and
0: again, right? So now you magically know he read it more than once. How, how couldn't he have just taken notes and read it through one time? Because the whole point is it's about, well, he read it and he believed it and he read it every day because he's a Jew-hating maniac. Well, now you're just adding things that you couldn't possibly know because you really want this to be a narrative. Of hating the Jews, of killing the
1: Jews, of burning the Jews, of slaughtering the Jews. This is the real warrior act. So all those who demonstrated yesterday, I'm not saying that all of them support Hitler. But all I'm saying is by by omitting to understand what Hamas ideology is all about, they're basically supporting this ideology.
0: Right. So I'm not saying they support Hitler, but they support Hitler. <laughs> like, this guy's just not very smart, it seems like. But so here's what we're talking about. He's talking about Israeli Jews in Israel protesting against this war. Simple as that. And don't forget, Ben. Uh, it was a... Uh, uh, um, uh, hold on. Uh, Guron, I think it was, I don't want to misstate his name, that one of these politicians, the one, uh, I forget his name. Dang it. Basically just, let me remind me in the chat. You guys will remember. He's the one that recently tried to, he put forward the law about being able to shoot with live ammunition protesters who are in the street saying we won't ceasefire, right? Same people. So ask yourself why this is all about, you know, a big war against Jews. Then what about those Jews in Israel who are right now telling you that you're the fault? You're the problem, telling you that Netanyahu should be removed, telling you that they believe you are part of this. Guys, it's a wildly growing sentiment in Israel right now. They have lost control. The Zionists is what I'm talking about. So what he just did there is suggest that Jews in Israel who are protesting them are supporting Hitler ideology, maybe by accident well, okay, well, then they're not though. If you think it's by accident, the point is he's literally trying to create the narrative that these people are secret supporters of, I guess, Hitler ideology. I mean, here's what's even more stupid about this. Okay. So what you're telling us Hamas is ISIS, right? That's been your tagline. Okay. So is ISIS Nazis? Are they the same thing? Well, no. And see, this brings you into the conversation of the, the different, well, let's just make it as simple as possible. We're told that, Nazis or the ideologists white supremacy, right? Fascism white supremacy is really what it is. We've we've been told that our entire lives. So you're telling me that these people are ISIS who have like the exact diametric opposite kind of concept we're told anyway, right? They're this this religious extremism guided by the idea that it's, you know, the opposite right? They're, they're fighting to bring jihad to the world, but that would imply that they don't work with the other extremists who think that they're not allowed to be alive, right? I mean, this is the absurdity of the whole vanilla ISIS overlap. It's like, oh no, they're secretly working with the white supremacists, but they're not white though. So they don't really believe in the ideology you claim? I mean, it's just really stupid. So back to the point, if it's Hamas that was carrying a Nazi ideological book, The implication is that they're supporting white supremacy or just, I mean, it just, it's so flimsy and and broken. It doesn't make any sense. It's, and that's why I keep asking when I saw people like Dave Rubin, for example, call a bunch of Palestinian protesters, Nazis. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, are they ISIS or are they Nazis? Like if you're really, I mean, you could pretend you're just trying to call them extremists, but those words have meaning. So back to the, the ridiculousness of this point. We're to believe that he found or they found a a a, a copy of mein Kampf from a, a a a Muslim extremist inside of a child's room in Gaza that that means he brought it with him. I don't believe that. I mean, I just straight up think that is 100% false. And I don't even think I need to sell you guys on that. I mean, this is about as flimsy as it gets. Now, look, even if you think it's possible, let's just even say it was something as benign, like just like I found a gun and a gun in there, which proves they were there. Okay. My point would be the same. How do we know that's what you found? How do we know that was in there? Are you really like, and let's just even say it was a completely benign entity that had no history of lying. I would still ask the same question. We shouldn't be trusting anybody. How do we know that that gun was not placed there before that person walked in the room? And then they found it, and then they assume it was there from before. My point is simply that as an investigator, as a journalist, you do not just blindly take at face value what people involved in the story tell you. You investigate. But apparently not today. Dan Cohen says, I fixed it for you. And simply adds, the 51 documents, Zionist collaboration with the Nazis. But of course, that's not what he's really talking about, right? But Glenn Greenwald points out, and this is the group that I keep calling out, this VisGrad24, just not journalism at all, just straight up propaganda. This Polish government funded account is a propaganda page. Glenn says it was one of the worst, worst spreaders of falsehoods to fuel the West role in Ukraine. They fraudulently edited an interview that Glenn did last week that went viral, apparently amazing how many will fall for it now that it's pro-israel you know people that were seeing through it because they they had a different opinion with ukraine and russia are suddenly all about this account because it says things that you think you can go along with right this it's how far too many what's the right word for that people in the independent media that just every now and again just happen to their interests happen to align with the truth and so everyone thinks they're truth tellers then suddenly like Plenty we could name for the 45th time that just go right back. They just go, they expose themselves when it comes to certain topics like this. Now, this has been covered by everybody. Most of them, by the way, not saying we were told, simply saying a copy was found. Well, I guess they do start with his name, but copy of Mein Kampf was found in a child's bedroom, which seems to suggest that that means that the Gaza child had it, the Palestinian child, even though when you read it, it makes the distinction. But we know there are a lot of title skimmers out there. Hitler's mind Kampf, found in Hamas base. Same thing, Arab an Arabic copy of mind Kampf It's just ridiculous. Even Fox News happy to toe those lines. Again, make sure you laugh at how dumb these narratives have been. And this is just two of the most obvious chemical weapons, mind Kampf books. Here is co- the coordination of government activities in the territories, COGAT. It's a a U.S. government you know government entity. I think, I believe that's what it was, right? The coordination of, let me see. Pretty sure that was a U.S. entity. It's responsible for, yeah, it's, oh, excuse me. So it's an Israeli entity. So same ultimate point to what I'm going to say, but it's it's subordinate to the Israeli ministry of defense. So it's clearly not on the side of Palestine. Now here's what they say. Baby bottles and weapons, period. Ooh, pause for dramatic effect, because it's totally not propaganda. This is what was found inside all capital, the Ratesi, the, the Rantisi Hospital in Gaza during the IDF operation. Hamas systematically runs its terror machine in hospitals using the sickly as human shields. No, not really at all, in fact. At least there's no evidence of that at all, according to the United Nations and according to our own eyes. This is nothing but a crime against humanity, of course. Anything else is a crime against humanity, but not your ongoing genocide of Gaza. But, as this person rightly puts out, wow, those certainly are two photos. (laughs) Perfectly said. Look at this. So, a baby bottle on top of a World Health Organization thing, and some guns in a room we can't identify. Well, according to Israeli sycophants, proof! Proof! We knew it! Guys, this is just ridiculous. I don't know how else to frame this at this point. If they had evidence, we'd see it by now. This is a cobbling together of not even a very good propaganda campaign. These are just random images that you can't verify at all. But that's that's what they want you to think. Well, here's the hospital that we just destroyed because bad guys, and I guess a baby bottle, that's enough evidence. that Would that stand up in court? Not like they're ever going to end up there. Well, Wyatt Reed had a really great breakdown that I wanted to include. Just this week, just this week, official Israeli government accounts have tweeted, then deleted the following. A video of a fake nursing, uh, excuse me, a fake nurse claiming that Hamas took over the Al-Shifa hospital. And I'll go through all these in a second. False claim that AP, CNN, New York Times, and Reuters had embedded with Hamas during October 7th. A video with fake captions claiming that a crying elderly Gaza woman blames Hamas for her siege. Graphic assert, a graphic asserting Israeli ownership over all the occupied territories, including the Golan Heights. False claim that Israel is facilitating supply of humanitarian aid to Gazan civilians, even though we can prove to you that they s- seemingly stole 2,100 trucks up until the 20th. Assertion that hospitals and ambulances constitute legitimate military targets. So this one, starting, this is the first tweet they deleted. The IDF deleted a tweet in which they called hospitals and ambulances legitimate military targets. But you don't, we don't need the deleted tweet to know this. They say this on a, on a regular basis. All it says is we know that ambulances are used to transport patients and blah, 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 which means they're medical. Okay, the, state, the static reality that they help people, right? Well, for Hamas, ambulances are used to transport its operatives and weapons to, just, to disguise them as civilians. And, and hospitals are, in fact, terrorist infrastructure, not the most medical purpose. This is against international law and turns them into legitimate. It doesn't, though. It is against international law if they're doing that, but it does not make them military targets. You know why? Because of what's happening right now. Because the reality is, are you then able to discern whether that's being driven from your helicopter by a medic or not? Or do you just bomb them all and pretend that they all became military targets because they might be driving those those ambulances? See my point? And, oh, and did you prove any of that? Have we seen that? And how about right in the beginning? One of the earliest things I saw was proof of the IDF actually driving an ambulance. It was IDF members who were in an ambulance. They got they got the, that little, what was it? It didn't even look like a bomb. It ended up being like this little spark of dust on the ground when it fell. And I, I'm not even sure actually who dropped it, but I was assuming it was something. Now, See, now thinking about it right now, I don't think Hamas had act, act, access to something up in the sky. In any case, the point was the video itself showed IDF members using an ambulance. That's the main point. But the main thing here, just like with the hospitals, as human rights lawyers in the UN and anybody that ma- in those positions are saying, it doesn't matter. It doesn't just turn them into military targets. But what it does is for them, it claims it creates this ambiguity where then every ambulance they target then becomes Hamas was driving it. How in the world are they verifying any of this with their indiscriminate, not accuracy, but damage focused bombing per the Israeli military? I mean, their own statements expose what they're doing. So they deleted this, though. You know why? Because they realized that was a little bit too much. It's just, they're they're in this desperate moment where they're trying to play, they're trying to manipulate, and a little too hard. Oh wait, that's going to expose us, I and mean, it's all over the place. That's what manipulators and liars do. This one, Israel Arabic, deletes a video of a fake nurse claiming that Hamas took over the Arabic hospital, the, the Al Shifa Hospital. Post is gone. The video was of a nurse like this, basically saying, and I've seen many of these already, many, where they're trying to act like, you know, here, we're all in Gaza and we're eating all sorts of food. I mean, it's, 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 and you, oh, every Zionist everywhere goes, we know it and they share it and it's provable from somewhere else or not. You know, it's, it's just crazy how much misinformation. And yet we can't factor that in and realize that clearly somebody, I mean, look, there's always misinformation on all sides. I really have not seen a lot at all that's been proven to be false from the side of Gaza. Doesn't mean it's not there, but I, I in fact, I want to see them. Send it to me. I even thought I found one the other day and was going to show it to everybody, and it turned out that it was somebody pretending it was a false video, and it really was a, a person that was just trying to show his mother that they wasn't actually as hurt as they thought they were, but it was very clear that the person was hurt. But they just tried to manipulate people and pretend that it wasn't. So why would they need to pretend that Hamas had taken over the hospital? Because they are bombing it. But they deleted it. Why would they delete it? I think we know why. It's not hard to understand. The official Israel account deleted this false claim that they claim they said AP, CNN, New York Times, and Reuters had journalists embedded with Hamas. Now, why is that? Why would they lie about that? Don't forget that they already claimed, and I might, I think I might have it right here. No, maybe not. They already claimed that anybody who was involved with the filming of October 7th was now going to be on the elimination list, which is, I mean, that's terrorist talk, guys. That's Ukraine style. Not a big surprise, they're connected. But realize that any other government, if Iran said we're going to start murdering any journalist that covers what we call a terrorist attack, they would call them terrorists for doing that. It's just so childishly naive. Now, the point here is that, does that mean they're suggesting they're going to kill these journalists and are they're trying to create the cover for if they might need to, seeing as how they're now starting to say the truth and what's going on on the ground, at least a fraction of it? Maybe, maybe that's why they deleted it. But I think it's interesting that they've already said that they're going to eliminate anybody involved. The Israeli embassy, and and the point was they're claiming they were embedded with them. But we do know that there were journalists that were embedded with them before it even started. And so doing their jobs and covering what was happening, they've already said they're going to murder them. And guess what? There's now been over 50 journalists killed, including one from Reuters that was in Lebanon after Israel bombed the border. But it says the Israeli embassy in the U.S. deleted this video with fake captions where they lied. About what she was actually saying, like I just, I just you wonder why they think they can get away with such flimsy propaganda. And he caught it when it happened, saying they just deleted this. All these are deleted. You could prove it for yourself. Where they said we're prisoners of Hamas. Really, what she actually said, as proven by people that can read and hear and and understand Arabic, she said, "Don't believe what they're saying. Like you're they were, they were being lied to. It's crazy, man. Here's one where they posted that they posted a. A basically a tweet. And I think maybe they just grabbed the wrong graphic because they have a lot of this stuff in the back that shows like the Greater Israel Project, or in this case, also includes the occupied Golan Heights in the in the image of the state, the occupied state of Palestine. And they deleted it, right? Because you're not supposed to admit that you can that you see these occupied areas as part of like it's just it's such a game that's always played but they but israel clearly believes that they have the right to jordan to all these other areas and it's it's and they're clearly showing that right now the israeli military idf deleted its false claim that israel is quote facilitating the supply of humanitarian aid to gazan civilians here's what they said and here this is mohammed shihada pointing out they deleted the below tweet after he debunked it Israel is not allowing any aid into Gaza through its border. Israel is heavily restricting the entry of aid through Egypt, limiting it to less than 5% of what's needed for survival, and is banning the entry of fuel. Israel is banning aid and food to the north, to the north half. And he says, that Israel has a formidable army of trolls, propagandists, lobbyists, journalists, politicians, media to gaslight the world. Yet they can't wing, win against a few volunteering activists risking their lives and careers, to speak the truth. Now, see, here's my point they keep making in general. People, they would read that and say, oh, that's an anti-Semitic trope about Jews controlling X, Y, and Z. Did he say that? Let me ask you a question. If he said the British government is able, controls X, Y, and Z, do you, is that some kind of racist trope against British people? Now, I'm sure somebody somewhere in the world might say that to hide the fact that they're saying that Jews control the media or whatever you want to think even though there's a very interesting and obvious overlap of specifically Jews in positions of, and this is something that have been sung about. Adam Sandler can joke about it in a song, but we can't make a point about that. And I'm not saying that's something that we should be afraid of. It's not, it's about Zionists that I have an issue with, but what's interesting is that you're not allowed to point certain obvious things out, because, it, and that just shows you the outlines of this manipulation. My point here, though, is that by pointing out that the Israeli government has what every other government does too, armies of trolls and propagandists and lobbyists and journalists that they pay and manipulate, is racist only when you say it to Israel which is very clear but they they deleted this because it revealed that they weren't that they were lying about the reality that's my opinion anyway but there's a lot more than just these points it's unrelenting here are some of the worst things i've seen actually and this this is really disgusting low key from int press news points out they gave us water this is a direct quote from one of these people that were there they gave us water in front of the cameras after filming was over they took our luggage, destroyed it, and we ran away while soldiers of shot under our feet. Survivor testimony of this event. So now what they're doing is they're they're creating these public relations moments for the media and for the world. Well, they walk up and they help and give them water and they shut the camera off and they shoot people. Then they and, and I'm going to show you those next. I mean this this is some disgusting reality here. That's all. Just showing them. We're helping you. Here's some water. Oh, of course, because you need to say that, right? He says, we're only attacking Hamas. Only Hamas, not the civilians. And then the camera turns off and they shoot the civilians. Oh, it's in Israeli, too, because it's totally not about a propaganda campaign, right? Covered by Cuts News as well, talking about the same thing. They stopped the young men at the wall. They gave us water in front of the camera. Basically, they stopped them all there and shot some of them. After the filming was over, they took our luggage, destroyed it. We ran away while soldiers shot under our feet. We had our contract. We had our contact with my family four days ago. They were struck in the store with no water or food. They many have died from Israeli soldiers have found them and killed them. Just Cuts News reporting. Take it for what you will. Here is one more that they're pointing out in regard to a specific video that is being backed up by Mint Press News and plenty of others. Several Israeli accounts published today footage showing the Israeli occupation forces serving water to displaced Palestinians in Gaza. A woman can be heard saying to the soldier, when we leave, when are we going to the south? Don't kill us, please. In 2015, the spokesperson for the Israeli army Avachi Adre published a photo of an Israeli soldier serving water to an old Palestinian woman. Journalists revealed afterward that the soldier shot the disabled old woman who was identified as Galia Abu Rida right after taking the photo. All right, so classic examples of the same thing they're doing today. And you could look this up for yourself. Here is a current example. Israel posted a photo of their soldiers assisting this elderly Palestinian man in Gaza. After the filming was over, they shot him twice in the back and killed him. Here is the Instagram from her family member who shows the pictures herself. So here is the man and that's where he shot in the back. Now, guys, my, my point is there's obviously an effort to create the illusion that they're here to help people. And I'm not saying, and, and hear me on this, especially in this point. That it, there's a lot of Israelis, Israeli Jews, and otherwise, who very much see what's going on more now than ever, but that don't, you know, maybe they harbor some hatred towards some ideology they think is trying to remove them, but overall, still, can, they're not monsters and don't want children to be carpet bombed. All right. It's a lot of Israelis that are standing up to stop the very least ceasefire, right? But the IDF and the people involved and the currently people currently involved you know, active in, in enrollment are actively in, at, you, there's endless examples of this, the way they're treating people in the West bank, the way they're treating people like this. And it just shows you an effort and not only an effort to, to rewrite this, the, you know, frame it for the Western audiences, but that they know they're doing that. It's hatred, engineered hatred. Oh, and here's another, this is, this is a, a journey, a, a, a journalist from Palestine showing the same thing. From the Haji family in Gaza, which, you know, these things you can verify for yourself. The Israeli occupation published a picture of its soldiers claiming they were helping him, and they shot him in the back afterward. Now, here's an interesting one. Making a point that I'm always making, by the way. Mario Nafal, after being corrected, of course, put out the right information, but not before putting this out first. Showing you my point in general. So first, it starts on the 13th. (coughs) Excuse me. He writes, Just in, American toddler held hostage by Hamas, White House reveal. So White House says, three-year-old American orphan held by Hamas and parents were killed on October 7th. Well, it seems far more likely to me that that would have been, the child would have been killed right alongside the parents because most of these people were killed by the IDF bombings as we've come to be very clearly seeing and proven based on testimony of people on the ground. So this is, U.S. says they have a toddler. Which, I mean, think about the, uh, re- why was that even reportable information at this point? Like, they have hostages. We know that. Well, why would you make a point to stand up and say, they have one toddler? Well, I can show you thousands of toddlers that have been killed, probably today, in Gaza. Not to say that one matters more than the other in regard to the individual people, but my point is, ask yourself why the U.S. government would find the need to step up and point that one thing out right now. You're trying to redirect outrage. It's disgusting. They all matter. If that toddler is in fact held hostage, then that matters. But my point is, this is what he says. Then he follows it up with this one. Just in, on the 13th still. Israel reveals Hamas paperwork, and this is just as stupid as everything else we just showed you. With translations such as, take off your pants, or take your pants off, which suggests terrorists plan to systematically rape women. Right, because When you rape someone, you please take your pants off. I'll wait. I mean, really? Like, oh, as far as I can tell, this narfall guy and these people in these positions, they're just stenographers. It's just like pumping out whatever they hear from anybody with no due diligence and usually leaning towards mainstream media light. The documents allegedly belong to a terror group Contain an Arabic Hebrew glossary of sexual terminology, including take your pants off. Israel shared some 50 translations on its official ex-Twitter account and claims the statements within the pages are evidence of Hamas war crimes. My God, this is the most... Fl- I've never seen a more flimsy propaganda effort in my life. Of course, it could be real. But now that we're starting with the fake chemical weapons things, the book report, all this stuff is becoming impossible to believe. Quote, This evidence suggests that Hamas terrorists plan to systematically rape women. And this is a war crime. Oh, good. Okay. So every other story like the Viagra rape in Libya. Oh, and then the same story applied in Russia and then removed and shown to be false and then applied again two months later in Ukraine. Right. Cause it just, it's, it's never, it's in every field of war. This is how they do this. Could it be true? Sure. I don't believe it. I think this is ridiculous. And then he falls up. Why? Because it's all the same day. Mind you, this is within hours. How about next time, Mario, you just don't vomit out things that mainstream media said before you realize and investigate them? Now it's debunked Israel claim of Hamas' guide to rape women. So are we to believe that within the process of an hour and a half, he was able to discern this? Well, that means you either didn't investigate it to begin with, or you managed to debunk it within a process of like five minutes. No, you just got told this was debunked, and so you posted that too. Guys, there's so much of this going on. But here's what he says. The Daily Mail claims Hamas had a guide, which included raping women. The Daily Mail apparently failed, as you did too, Mario, to realize a few important points in the document they provided as evidence. One, this is a translation document for Hamas members to be able to communicate with his real victims on October 7th. The document includes statements like, drop your weapon. Where is your weapon? Oh, so they lied. <laughs> what a shock. These statements show, and by the way, I'm not basing this off Mario. This is something, like this. the information is blatantly manipulated, uh, as I'll show you the next one as well. Oh, it's, it's back, right down here. They're lying about this stuff. These statements show the document is mainly aimed at soldiers and not at civilians. The claim of Daily Mail, the statement, to take your clothes off means Hamas wants to rape women. The, is the, the statement saying that means that. And that's, I mean, the idea that they would, it just doesn't make any sense to me. What the Daily Mail did not realize is the statement refers to males, not females in Arabic. But are we supposed to assume that? Every verb can either be masculine or feminine. Okay. My point is. Still at this point, what does it amount to, guys? Pieces of paper that Israel says they found, right? And so either so either they actually found them, and it was about actually just going, come with us, do this, you know, whatever, and not what they're saying, and they lied about it, knowing people can read Arabic, which is pretty dumb, or they made this whole thing up and then I guess just made it not as bad as they could. I just none of this makes sense. But my point more so was about people like this. But it says, well, there are other reports of rape about October 7th, which none of this has been verified or proven even remotely. The above proves the Daily Mail claim of a document directing Hamas members to rape women is false. Does it, though? I don't think that's what happened. But are you saying this document that you haven't seen that you've only secondarily reported from two different people and just change your statement because somebody else told you something different proves anything? My God. Twitter Files has broken people's so-called journalism. It kills me, man. But anyway, the point is, there's a lot of this stuff flying around, which is stupidly embarrassing. And here is one of the worst, if I can even qualify it, with all the worst things, the terrible, ridiculous things we just saw. So this person goes, wow! IDF spokesperson in the video says, Hamas has put out names of their members guarding the Israeli hostages. Well, let's watch the video first.
2: But we'll see as much death and Oops. misery.
0: That's not, oh, you know what? I forgot it was. Just right here. Hold on. Hold on. I swear I downloaded that. Let me grab that real quick. Just so you guys can hear it. You might have already got wind of the how stupid this is, but let's see if you can catch it. Or let's see if, if you haven't. You'll, I'm sure you'll catch it pretty quick.
2: There is a list. This list, in Arabic, in Arabic, this list says, we are in an operation. The operation against Israel. Started in the 7th of October. This is a guardian list where every terrorist writes his name and every terrorist has his own shift, guarding the people that were here.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's the guy said. I mean, I'm just, just proof, right? Wow. Spokesman says Hamas has put out the names of the members. Apparently their names are Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Weird, weird coincidence, right? So it's an effing calendar. I mean, I just don't understand. And look at what these people have found in the basement of the hospital, a schedule showing the names of Hamas terrorists who guarded the hostages. It's a calendar. Of, I mean, I, I look, and from far as I could tell, that's not even the, the idea that they're framing. This is some sort of watch list. It's just a calendar. I mean, it really is kind of the name of this. Uh, it says every name on the list is a dead man walking. <laughs> it's just crazy. Thank you, Hamas, for providing your hostage guarding shift list. Right, because that's even if that is what it is, it applies to every other location. This is just a fail in every possible way. I just don't understand why anybody takes this stuff seriously. Like, let's put it this way. Let's just say it's exactly what they say it is. The only thing that makes this some kind of bad thing is because they put the word terrorist in front of it. We're talking about people that have a calendar, if that's what it is, of their guarding, of of what we have now been able to show are predominantly IDF members and security. And everyone they've released has said they were treated kindly. So just because you throw the word terrorist in front of it does not make it a bad thing, which, by the way, is exactly why this video which it looks like I also forgot to download. How did I do that today? Which is why this video I find to be so, you know, I mean, almost sad, but funny at the same time. And you'll see what I mean. Because it's it's really depressing that anybody would buy this, or rather that anybody knowing it's this ridiculously false would still pretend that it all makes sense because they're, I guess, aligned with a certain agenda. But anyway, before we before we get to the next video, here here is a member of the IDF who wants to tell you what he found in one of these recent raids on the terrorist locations.
3: This is where terrorists paint by number. They come, each terrorist paint different color number of Lana Del Rey, and they pretend that they know how to paint. They pretend they know how to paint. This was found in the hospital before we we're going to bomb tomorrow. And this is a terrorist map. Over here there are many numbers for a motor, a terrorist motor by a terrorist named Nikola Tesla. It's in the hospital that we will bomb. This is a fan. Every time Hamas makes something, they are the fan, they celebrate it. This is found in the kindergarten that we will bomb. (laughs) This is a game that played by Hamas, Uh, this is the river, and then you go, this is the sea, the river to the sea, Hamas. This was found in a house, in a residential house. This is a garbage that lifting up when you press the thing, it's a Hamas garbage, it lifts up. Like uprising in Arabic, uprising word is intifada. This garbage, this intifada garbage was found in a residential apartment uh, with the elderly Hamas soldier and we will be uh, bombing tomorrow. This is another Hamas uh, tool that we found in a residential uh, condominium. Uh, this tool, you increase the heat of the bomb until the ultimate heat. I don't want to do that. Very dangerous. Uh, Ultimate heat is bomb. Bomb is hot. So this is heat bomb. Uh, We will bomb this now apartment. It's
0: just, you know, it's like I even have a hard time laughing at this because there's so much suffering going on. But this is how stupid this is. Like the best part he's like oh and the fan and so they are fan <laughs> just like it's, it's like clearly he's not even like I, I couldn't find the right words but it's my god i mean this is going look let's literally just go back to that video that we just saw tell me this is not literally what we're de- what's going on at least this list in arabic in arabic this list says we are in operation right here's a calendar. Okay. Right here's a here's a baby bottle, right? You know, and and the point is, those are the worst examples because you could argue there's some importance to them. There have been examples already more than once where they literally show something wildly benign, and just because it's there, but terrorists, and that's the joke he's making. But it's horrifying. This is actually happening, and that's why it's so messed up. Well, let's talk about the reporting or the misreporting, or just rather the hospital and the way that they're actively trying. I mean, look, the corporate media who is pretending like what they're saying has any merit are allowing people to be murdered i mean that they're they are i mean they're borderline culpable for allowing this stuff to happen, but the only reason I say borderline is because you could argue they just don't know they're wrong i mean, it's not, it's nobody's fault that they're i mean it is in the sense where you know they're working for the for the for the for the, the, the whatever you want to frame it <laughs> they're they're working for the empire but in any case, my point is that by continuing to pretend that they're allowed to be bombing hospitals. You know, you're part of the problem. So here is what they, which ironically, they call themselves honest reporting. The biggest open secret in Gaza. Let's see what they mean.
2: Al-Shifa. But few hospitals see as much death and misery as Al-Shifa. For Al-Shifa has a different pulse. It's the heartbeat of Gaza, so frequently battered by Israel's bombs, which shatter lives and limbs.
4: That was an Al Jazeera report taking a fairly one-sided look at the history of Al Shifa Hospital, the largest hospital in the Gaza Strip. It's been in the news because there's accusations of a siege. Accusations,
0: right? Like, like literally anybody is disputing that there's a siege. Israel says there's a siege. We see what I mean. Like, it's like they can't even admit the stated realities of what Israel says they're doing because a siege is illegal. Like this is like this. This agenda is. White is is covering up things that Israel's openly said they're doing. It's embarrassing. Look at the history of Al-Shifa Hospital, the
4: largest hospital in the Gaza Strip. It's been in the news because there's accusations of a the siege.
5: There is no electricity, actually. There is no water. There is no food. So our team is exhausted. We can see, actually, the smoking, uh, the smoke around the hospital. They hit everything around the hospital, and they hit the hospital many times. But
0: that doesn't feel right. Oh, it doesn't feel right. Because journalism is usually based on your feelings, right? Now, yes, you can follow your gut. But the idea that, it, in this sense, well, we can prove that they're bombing it. They've admitted that they're going to bomb it. They've dropped leaflets saying they're about to bomb it. But then when they bomb it, I don't know. That just doesn't feel right. So let me search for what they might want me to think is happening and ignore what we can literally see and what they've already said. Because the Israeli military spokesperson
4: said this
2: There is no siege. I repeat, there is no siege. <laughs> On the Shifa Hospital.
0: Yeah, except the IDF has literally said that on posts, that the Israeli government has made this clear. And the United Nations and the people around the world are literally watching that exactly happen. They've told you they've surrounded it with things. But because he said so, this journalist goes, well, he said, so therefore the facts are wrong that I can see.
2: The east side of the hospital is open on Elwade Street for the safe pass of Gazans who wish to leave the hospital.
0: Well, you know, since we go there already, let's just briefly jump over here and make sure we notice that, uh, you know, Doctors Without Borders, not Hamas, but a very respected international entity is saying, well, at the time of writing, our staff is witnessing people being shot as they attempt to flee the very hospital that you just said they're allowed to leave from. Great journalism. But this woman wants you to believe that Israel said it. It has to be true.
2: We will help the babies in the pediatric department to get to a safer hospital.
0: Yeah, of course, assuming they survive the ongoing bombing, lack of fuel, lack of energy, lack of food, water, support, you know, assuming that they survive that, because right now that's what's happening. And quite frankly,
2: I don't believe him. We will provide the assistance needed.
0: And another
4: spokesperson said this.
2: I want to emphasize, we haven't struck the hospital, and we have troops in the vicinity, but we have not been engaging with the
0: hospital or any so they threatened to bomb it. They bomb around it. They bomb the roof. They've admitted to all of those things. But you know, Hamas. Maybe we kind of say that, but don't really lean into it. And they tell them they're going to. They warn them to leave because they're about to bomb it. All that's public information. But we're we're supposed to believe that all the damage and the bombings and the evidence and the doctors in there showing you the fallout is all not real. And all and, and but let's well, just even that's certainly possible. But you have all of that. And international bodies admitting that this is happening, UN included. But because he said so. You see my point? This is journalism today, guys. Parts of it.
4: But there is something going on at Al
0: Shifa that the media aren't talking about. The IDF recently released evidence that. And we're back to the same 3D graphic that literally proves nothing but red squares on a piece of digital art. And, this, and so she's oh, she swayed. Well, the idea of Israel said that they're not. And Israel said that beneath these red squares are bad guys. So despite everything I can prove, I'm going to lean into what I'm supposed to. Hashtag journalism.
4: Hamas has embedded its terrorist infrastructure within Al Shifa. But if you don't want to take the IDF's word for it, There is plenty more evidence. In fact, this is probably the Gaza Strip's biggest open secret. Hamas's military headquarters are in Al Shifa. Reporters have been meeting with Hamas at Al Shifa for years on the condition they don't reveal what's actually going on there. As early as 2006, PBS aired footage of Hamas terrorists roaming the halls of Al Shifa. And in 2014, Tablet magazine wrote an entire expose on this grotesque violation of international law. So, look, look, I... this is re- finished post is one of many media outlets that knows the truth about Al Shifa. And,
0: right, it's the truth because you choose to believe it. Everything you just showed is corporate media reports from a place that they've never been. Where does that come from? You ask from Israel. I mean, it's as stupid as it can get. So you, you're basically taking one entity's stance on this because. Or while they're involved in this discussion. Now, on top of all of that, we're talking about a hospital where is it in Gaza? Now, whether whatever your opinion of Hamas, Hamas are Palestinians. So if you're going to argue that there's never a circumstance where that might happen, my point is if you have evidence that there's actually a headquarters with missiles and bombs and whatever else, then I'd love to see that. So what we're ultimately getting is second-hand second, de- second in- hand information from people that are in the corporate media that are being shown something, <clears throat> which is exactly what we're seeing with this October 7th point, where they go with they a secret screening room and they show them gross, graphic, horrible things with no way to prove what actually happened. But they fill in the context for you. And that's how this works. It's just infuriating. Oh, but let's not forget, This is October 30th. UK issues a DD notices to suppress reports of the special forces operations in Gaza. Right. So my point is that people in the very place she's reporting from are already being told by their government that they're not allowed to report on certain aspects of this story. But let's pretend like this is the only one. Now, on Al Jazeera's website, Israel Hamas war, Israel says it will raid Al-Shifa, according to the ministry. Okay. so here we are totally not doing any of that but we're just about to but we're gonna assume that when things do happen that it's not us even though we keep telling you we're doing it or about to do it Gaza's health ministry says that 40 people have already died at al-shifa adding that a large number of bodies need to be buried and this is just 40 as of like today but Israel forces are preventing movement within the compound didn't you just say that you're telling me we can leave interest of time actually I was going to go a little further on that but here is a person that was there. No, I don't know how many sources I can give you on this. I've given you a doctor from New York, a doctor from London, a people from all over, people that aren't even there, that you can't pretend they're being threatened by Hamas, that have no, no stake in this other than wanting to help people in Gaza. There's plenty of doctors or journalists and people like to go to this location, far less today, because of how controlled it is, even before October 7th. Ask Abby Martin and people like that are not, not even allowed back in, but they do. Some people have access to specifically take you know, humanitarian efforts helping in the hospital. And every single one of them, I literally tell you that there's not, they're lying about that. So are we to believe that every doctor who works in major institutions locations in New York and London, around the world, is lying about that? To what end? I mean, I just, the way, their argument, because they hate Jews. Apparently that's the one-stop shop right now for anything that doesn't make sense. But here's what this, another doctor has to tell you about what's going on. And this is horrific.
5: I'm just now in Shippa Hospital. and I'm trying just to be sure that our uh, staff uh, are in their positions and they can do something for the patients under this very critical situation. Actually, even our staff, they are unable to to recognize who is still alive and who died under this very critical situation with complete uh, darkness. All of the services now is out of service. We are talking about the ICU. We are talking about the hemodialysis. We are talking about the neonatal ICU. We are talking about the theater, the lab, uh, the blood bank. All the services now out out of service. Unfortunately, we are unable to do anything for our patients. They are dying in front of our eyes. Not only that, even the killed people, the murdered people who reached the hospital, Three days or four days uh, before, now, all of them, now, they are analyzed with very offensive uh, order. And unfortunately, there is some dogs reached the hospital and they are starting to eat part of those people. Two or three days before, Grantito mm-hmm. Hospital and Nasser Hospital and the Eye Hospital and the uh, Psychiatric Hospital, all of them were evacuated. Uh, obligatory while the uh, Israeli tanks were surrounding them. And most of the cases are transferred outside to the street while out, while eight of them were under ventilator. Unfortunately, they shipped it out to the street without any coordination. We transferred some of the United ICU where they are in need for heat They are in need for uh, monitoring, they are in need for uh, special circumstances to uh, complete their life. Unfortunately, there is no oxygen, there is no electricity and no heat. And now we succeed to transfer them to another place where there is a solar system. But unfortunately, the incubator can't work. So now we lost three out of the 39 in UNET who are there. Two of the other cases in the ICU passed away while we are unable to do anything for them as there is no electricity and no monitoring. This is the situation. Anyone who can walk inside. Please just note that inside Shifa Hospital, anyone who can move inside Shifa Hospital from building to another, he will be shooted. Unfortunately, they shoot our colleague, Haitham Shubair, directly in his neck while he's trying just to support the unit with a cylinder of oxygen and trying to do his best just to let them uh, complete their life after they shooting the oxygen generator. They completely destroy the old cardiovascular uh, department. They shoot
0: there's so many things you could talk about here, but just like the last point, the idea that they would shoot the generator, like, does that have to do with Hamas? Like, of course, the, if, if somebody out there will say yes, because they say Hamas is there. But it, like Caitlin's point, it really seems to seem like, you know, it's interesting how going after Hamas seems exactly like destroying civilian infrastructure to suffer, to make the population suffer. That's exactly what it looks like. I guess we're just wrong.
5: Directly at the ICU, many times. Uh, all the children with the hemodialysis now they are dying silently while they are in, either in shelters on their home while there is no place for hemodialysis. All the patients with cancer now they are dying again silently. No one is allowed to go outside Shifa, no one is allowed to come to Shifa, no one is allowed now to be evacuated from the position either.
0: Right, but they're lying and telling you that they are letting them go. Everybody, doctors that are there, even I think even the UN group, but on top of that, the doctors without borders are telling you they're shooting people that try to leave. Like this is how easy this is to prove. Right, so what's the argument from somebody who's gonna say we're miss you know being played or being lied to by you know Hamas terrorists? Are you suggesting now that doctors without borders are working for Hamas or that they're being misled? Because they're there telling you that their people are being shot at. It's as simple as that. So are you pretending it's Hamas shooting them? If you're saying if you, that, make the claim if you're going to make it. Don't just keep pretending that, you know, the point is that they will say whatever the narrative needs to be. People that I mean in the sense of like the, the people blindly advocating for Zionist Israel. But everything, everything everywhere in ev- almost every circumstance shows you what's really going on unless you just choose to take Israel at their word.
5: After he is targeted with this air uh, force strike, it's completely miserable condition. And now we are just counting our patients one time, one while they are dying, one by one. Hmm.
0: It's horrifying. I mean, in case you missed it in there, he mentioned dogs eating people outside the hospital. Like, this is where we're at. It's the same stuff that happens in most Western-occupied wars, to be quite honest. Because they don't really care about the civilian populations. Well, here's an interesting development. I'm not going to play the whole thing. I like, I, I have a very low opinion of this person, Christine Amapour. But my point is that this is even on CNN. It shows you, and I don't believe it's because they have an interest in doing what's right. I believe that it's very clearly because at this point, there's no other choice for them. It's like with Biden. At, at some point, you it, the it just no longer serves your interests. Even if you're being pressured or attacked or threatened, you just like you're only like, waiting. Well, I mean, we're not going to have a news. I'm not going to have a career if we keep pretending this isn't happening. That's what I think is happening. But guess what? Just like with COVID, Christine and then the rest of them, too late. Okay. It's been 30 plus days that you acted like this wasn't happening. So you allowed it to get here with your lack of coverage, with your bl- gaslighting and obfuscation. So I do not take you seriously. But nonetheless, it's worth pointing at because it shows you that even the corporate media is beginning to reveal what Israel is doing. That's how they've lost control of this.
6: These are the sounds of the final gasps from Gaza's collapsing healthcare system. Medical staff in Gaza City working under near-relentless Israeli bombardment for over a month. But now, this chorus of frantic voices, seen here working under torchlight, tells its own gut-wrenching story. The Al-Quds hospital, the second largest in Gaza, has now collapsed. It is one of many hospitals in Gaza that are completely out of service, according to officials. Those remaining, now on a cliff edge
1: there is a direct injury in the head internal bleeding and we can't do surgeries no surgeries no oxygen no electricity we work manually we are using a manual resuscitator it is a clear injury it needs an urgent surgery
0: for those on the podcast you're looking at i don't know a a two-year-old child that they're working on with a major injury on the floor of a hospital literally nothing that you would need to deal with this and that's why most of these doctors are saying all they're now doing is trying to keep them comfortable as they die
1: a life-saving one He is less
6: than a year old oh, excuse me less than a year old.
0: remarkably this baby survived
6: but his father who was in the very same building when an israeli airstrike hit did not at gaza's largest hospital Al shifa Officials say three babies in the neonatal unit died after a generator powering incubators was damaged in an Israeli strike. CNN has reached out to the Israeli military for comment. The IDF regularly says it is targeting Hamas. But doctors here say the hospital is now completely surrounded.
3: The situation overall is difficult. According to our colleague there, there is no water, no electricity. They cannot communicate between each other. There is a lot of targeting around the hospital.
6: The Israeli military said Sunday it has sent 300 liters of fuel to the entrance of the El Shifa hospital, said to only be enough to power the hospital's generators for 30 minutes. But the- I don't believe that's true. The
0: idea says Hamas blocked the hospital from receiving it. Exactly. See, and this is such a lie. Guys, gosh darn it, this makes me mad. So we're, we're and by the way, th- what they're showing you even is not the accurate representation of what's going on outside that building. Like these are older. The point is, what they just showed you is not true. Israel has been blatantly screaming they're not going to give them fuel because Hamas will use it. But we're supposed to pretend that in this one PR moment they're going to bring it in. But Hamas stopped them. You mean are you pretend like the way you pretended Hamas stopped them from leaving across the crossing that they don't have control of? That then it got later admitted that it was because they weren't there. Like you guys are losing this information war because you're clearly bad at this apparently. But the bottom line is you're as you're losing this war people see that you're responsible for these atrocities so you and so not just are you creating atrocities that cause infants to die on the floor but you're then pretending you tried to help them this is my point it's the worst of the worst hospital
6: officials however say staff were too afraid by surrounding israeli tanks to collect the fuel
0: inside the hospital Doctors are overwhelmed. Wait, so is it that they were afraid to get it or that Hamas stopped them? Those things contradict each other. See, this is my point about just like Narwhal, these people just regurgitate what they're told. Even if their one sentence to the next it seems to contradict them. God, it just can't stand the state of things. Now here is... Uh, this specifically was Ghassan Abu we talked we've talked about in the past. He's one of the London-based doctors who is in Gaza, who's refusing to leave, and he's in Al Shifa specifically. Now, if you want to read more about oh wait, um let me, let me make sure I didn't no, excuse me. He was at the Al Make sure I didn't remember that. No, he is at the Al shifa hospital. He said things about Al, Al, Al uh, Ali hospital as well. My point though is if you want to read about what's going on there, and this was this is old. This is from uh the 26th of October. But he was telling you what was going on at that time. So if you can imagine it's only gotten a month more nonstop bombing siege, worse. It was horrifying then. It's catastrophically horrifying now. And these people are staying. So that means Israel's going to kill them if they continue doing what they're doing. But then they're not Hamas. Does that matter? They're claiming they're not being held there against their will. So they're not human shields. We just pretend it all falls into this clumsy category, right? Well, again, Doctors Without Borders, on November 11th, was very clear. At the time of writing, our staff are witnessing people being shot at as they try to flee in the very place Israel tells them to go. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? They urgently reiterate its call to stop attacks against the hospitals for an immediate ceasefire. They just won't do it. And then press news. Reports, and this is on the 13th of the last day, 24 hours. Israeli snipers have shot inside the hospital. That's being reported by many people. Killing two nurses and four patients, including a paraplegic man, according to Doctors Without Borders. They've lost this. These people are murdering people in real time. Not just some IDF special forces, but IDF members in general. Military. They've been directed to do this, and I'll show you next. The threat of snipers, according to Dr. Abu uh, Slameh, has prevented him, other hospital employees, patients, and at least 15,000 displaced individuals from leaving. Quote, we have not been able to go retrieve the two dead bodies for fear of getting shot. Ah, so that's why they couldn't get the fuel, because they were going to get shot. Think about doing that and shooting anybody trying to get the fuel, and then pretending that the bad guys stopped them and you were trying to do good. Doesn't that just make your skin crawl? These are horrible people. Now, here's a really important one again from Freddie Ponton that I think is a very important point in the story. Aid trucks crossing from Egypt to Gaza as of November 13th, 2023 is the point. Note that between the start of the crisis on 7th of October to the 20th of October, Approximately 2,100 commercial trucks should have reached Gaza through the crossing, but did not. And here's the report he posted the image. Here's the actual post directly from the United Nations. Here's the actual report. Regional office in Cairo. Okay, so this is coming from from Egypt's side. So this is not some Palestinian argument. What they're saying is they sent these trucks between the start of, of October 7th to the October of 20th approximately 2,100 trucks should have reached Gaza through that crossing, but did not. So that's very, very, that's that's damning. Because what this means is that in between when Egypt sent them into Israel-controlled area and when they were supposed to reach Gaza, they just didn't happen to make it there. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what I think happened. The same thing that's been happening for 75 years or as long as any aid has been coming in supposedly for Gaza or any Palestinian. Egypt, excuse me, Israel takes it. Maybe some of this filters down, but you wonder why they've got 97% undrinkable water with most of them are wildly food insecure, if not starving long before October 7th, because they don't get it. Hamas doesn't take it. It has to come in through Israel, through the Palestinian Authority. And if it goes, it's just a lie. And we're watching that because my point is Hamas is not in the crossing. They're on, that's Israel's bombing that area. If anybody tries to flee, they've bombed people as they try to go there. They have bombed and they look, don't forget in the beginning, they threatened to bomb the, cru- the trucks. If Egypt sent them in Egypt reported that right in the beginning. And now we're wondering what happened. So all the way until October 20th, they report, this seems to report they didn't let anything in as they were claiming they were. That's, again, makes your skin crawl. Now they say, since the reopening of the crossing on the 21st, that it's only allowed less than 30% of the normal daily average, less than 10% of the normal daily average for all crossing points. Meaning that it's a joke. It's a bull- a band aid on a bullet hole. And then they've made sure no fuel gets through in general, which means that most of it ends up not being useful anyway, in the sense of no electricity, no heating, no any number of other uses they need that for. People are dying because of what they're doing. And it seems that they deliberately pretended they were helping while made sure the food never made it there until somebody started paying attention. And I guess they just may, okay, we'll give them 10%. Now, Maria Osman also points out Egypt doesn't appear to be uh, innocent in this back and forth. Which then adds another dynamic to whether Egypt themselves were involved with doing playing a game with this in the first place. But it says politely, Egypt politely refused because Gaza did not need it, according to C.C. You see, she says you see Palestinians are getting all the aid they need from Israelis who airdrop the aid in from a from in the form of bombs on their heads all across Gaza Strip. You know, making a being facetious. So this is just a report being somebody political sources confirming this to al-Maydeen they're claiming though that Egypt politely refused Iranian aid that they tried to send in so who i mean again you could argue they want to pretend that means it was weapons no they could easily look themselves the point is in every angle these people are being starved this is a siege this is a blockade and a siege and mass displacement for an obvious agenda while they kill everybody they can and this is just salt in the wound As Sarah Abdullah points out, the man who invaded Iraq, one of them on a pack of lies, launching an illegal war that killed and displaced millions, now seeks a humanitarian role in Gaza. Tony Blair. Benjamin Netanyahu is now to tap Tony Blair to be the humanitarian, to play the humanitarian role to Gaza. He's the humanitarian coordinator of Gaza. I mean, guys, this is like, I mean... Trying to think of another analogy like George Bush or any of these these are war criminals people that are known to have allowed half a million children to be killed in, or in Iraq and now he's going to be the one to make sure why do you think Benjamin Netanyahu picked him well on the note of the aid itself going into a point about Hamas I thought this was really interesting now we talked about this very early and I was just I'm glad we I want I'm glad that I saw this to revisit it when the United Nations Palestinian Refugee Agency in Gaza, the UNRWA, or NRA, as they say, put out a, a tweet that said they had gotten reports that people were stealing aid. That a group of people with trucks purported to be from the Ministry of Health, of the de facto authorities of Gaza, removed fuel and medical equipment from the agency's compound. Nowhere does that say Hamas, right? But they put this out. And my thought was, like, I think Sarah said the same thing you know so we're at the stage now where you're accusing people that you're starving to death of being looters i mean they're starving to death and you're holding i mean it's just it's a ridiculous framing but they deleted that statement and here's how even this is how Horetz frames it a statement accusing hamas of stealing aid <laughs> i mean they just, they can't be i mean you can literally look they include the tweet and we and they can't be honest about that they didn't accuse hamas they said somebody did Could have been. I mean, and even if it was Hamas, we're talking about people in Palestine, Gaza who are starving because you won't allow any aid in, which includes for people that that includes Hamas that are there too. But what's hilarious about it is that they try to make it about only Hamas. But what they originally put out was a report they got, which I don't even. For all we know, seems to might not even been true. So they they so they deleted it, and I think this is why they've now shifted into this aggressive. Because they've been bombing this location and all of their buildings since the beginning, I've been har- I've been showing you that. But I think it was after this in particular, which on the 16th, where they kind of like decided to marshal this into, we're now going to make it out to be UN is actually working with Hamas. That desperation. What else? What else can it be? But Al Jazeera reports that the United States has now announced its third round of sanctions targeting Hamas. I thought I had one more point here about this one. Maybe not. I'll see if I have a string in there. The bottom line was, first of all, just to connect these two segments, but the point that they have removed this. Oh, I, that's right. And we're going to get to the part about uh, specifically the UN. Where is it? Somewhere. Oh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Maybe it's all the way over here. Huh. hope I didn't lose that somewhere. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. <laughs> I just don't want to make sure I didn't miss that cuz that's an important part of this. I'm sure it's in there and I'll get to it and I'll be mad that I did this. Okay, so they cl- remember the point is that they're, you know, clearly unhappy with the United Nations and I think it's important we get into the Oh, that's right. It is right here. I I know where it is now. That they're now beginning to make the claim that that these agencies and the UN in general are somehow carrying water for Hamas. Anything's possible, but it's, it's a very flimsy claim, especially since they often use the UN against their adversaries. So explain why they would work with a Hamas entity. Well, you know, it's, it's stupid. But the US has announced not a sanction round, a third round of sanctions. The third round of sanctions targeting Hamas. on the Okay, it's November 14th. So on the 7th, this happened. So there's been no ground actions back after that. There's been rockets that have caused very, very minimal damage, especially in, in comparison to what's going on in Gaza. And I'm not even sure they're continuing to fire rockets. I, I don't even see the evidence of that. But my point is, so they sanction them. Okay, what does that even mean? They're not a state. They don't have any financial aspects that you can really censor or or or, or target with sanctions. So it's a political move like it usually is anyway. You're trying to make it out. You're trying to make the statement that it's Hamas, bad guy. They're the ones that we need to look at and focus on. Don't look over there. Look at these groups here, the bad guys. Okay, so October 7th, sanction. Then I guess for some arbitrary reason, they just go second round. Sanctions. Again, look over there. Not happening. Everyone's focusing on the genocide. Okay, so all the way now, we're a month and plus past this. And the U.S. goes, more sanctions. I mean, does it, is it, We should. this is laughable. Why do they think that means anything, first of all? But secondly, why we would think okay, so you're gonna sanction Hamas for what happened in Israel. Okay. So we can't be objective and go look at the un, I mean like the 10 times worse what's going on in Gaza. So you're not gonna sanction Israel for doing way worse right now, but you're gonna sanction them three times? Well, because what what are they showing you? In their minds, Israeli lives matter more. That's very clear. I mean, even in the sense of Palestinians or, or Americans, right? The American Israelis that were there or held hostage, well, they are important. But the four to 600 Israeli Palestinians didn't even get mentioned for like a week and a half, two weeks until we started bringing it up. And then suddenly they kind of talked about they still don't care. They're still bombing. They still haven't let them leave to the crossing. So I guess we don't really care. So in this case, we only care about sanctioning Hamas over and over, even though it really doesn't do much. Because we want you to know that we only think they're the bad guy in this situation. There's no other crime being committed. All committed under international law over there. But even though their act was literally legal under international law, we're going to call them out for everything the whole time. I mean, it's it just, it's embarrassing. Oh, and the Palestinians Islamic jihad. Because apparently they had some people run in and take some hostages, which I haven't, has anybody verified any of this stuff? Apparently we don't need that today. Not when it comes to their narratives. But let's not forget, Times of Israel, October 8th, Netanyahu propped up Hamas for years. Now it's blown up his face. We know this. Wall Street Journal, very clearly, a Israeli official, Abner Cohen, Hamas, to my great regret, was Israel's creation. We know all of this. But also WikiLeaks just released this on the 13th. <clears throat> WikiLeaks cable, Israeli intelligence chief encouraged Hamas takeover of the Gaza Strip. We already reported this, but it's important to see it through WikiLeaks. Here's what they're telling you. Leaked documents, and just so you can see, this is posted from their main account. A leaked diplomatic cable provided by the website WikiLeaks, a diplomatic exchange between Israeli Director of Military Intelligence, Major General Amos Yadlin, and U.S. Ambassador to Israel Richard Jones, showed Israeli support for a Hamas-ruled Gaza Strip, which Israel could then declare Gaza to be a hostile entity. Oh, okay. So you you allowed them and well, created them, armed them, fund them, and then in this point allowed them to take control, which is what Ben Shapiro and they they voted for them. Well, did they? Did they though? I'm not I'm not saying there's not support for them. I, probably they might have still won. My point is that I've always wondered whether this. Why would they have ever allowed an election? That seems pretty naive, doesn't it? They're terrorists. They're terrorists. They're terrorists. Okay, now vote and we'll respect it, <laughs> right? Because that makes a lot of sense, right? Still, who knows? My point is, if on the record, as we've proven already, the whole point, I mean, even Haratz put it out in 2019 that they were saying that it was necessary to to keep them divided. The point is, they want them to be a hostile entity so, so they can declare them as such and deal with them in that way. Isn't that what's happening right now? So if we know this, shouldn't we be looking this through a different lens? Well, they know it too. So does your government. So does Biden. So does the rest of them. They don't care. So does Trump. The Hamas party won Palestinian parliamentary elections in 2006. We're told, but was prevented from forming a government as required by the constitution in June 2007. After months of attempted takeovers by the U.S.-supported Fatah party, so even then, trying to manipulate from within using surreptitious means, the Hamas party was able to form their government in Gaza. The cable in question was recorded just hours before Hamas government was formed. Excuse me. So my point is. From Israel's perspective, not necessarily the U.S. government, I think in a lot of ways the U.S. government, their administrations are always being played and manipulated by by the administrations we're talking about, not to necessarily say which side has more control over the other, but in this context that we can clearly see, as Netanyahu said on the record more than once, don't worry about them, we can manipulate them, talking about the U.S. government it says that they acknowledged, speaking amongst themselves, that they wanted Gaza to be a hostile entity or be seen that way so they could declare it as much to be able to benefit themselves, right? And just before they did so is when this cable was exchanged. So they, they in 2006, they voted for them, they claim, they held it back. They exchanged a letter that says, we want them to be in control. We can use this to our benefit. And then what do you know? It happens. Hours before it happens. Come on, guys. In the transcript, Yadlin told the U.S. ambassador that he would be, quote, very happy if Hamas formed a government in Gaza, quote, as long as they have no air or seaport. But they have their own country, right? No, they don't have an air force. They don't have, they're not even allowed in the water or anything if they're not, if they're, like, especially right now. But even when, even at the best of times, whatever that means in an occupation, They just arbitrarily change how far they're allowed to go out, which violates international law, but nobody cares. And they'll just shoot them dead in their boats and they're trying to feed their families because that day it was two miles and not three. All of this is proven, even by the United Nations, but nobody seems to care. He added that Israel would then work with the rival Palestinian political party, Fatah, to form a government in the West Bank and work to undermine the Hamas government in Gaza. Okay, so here's the point. They're supporting both of them to divide and conquer. Nothing new under the sun. This is exactly what took place, it says, just after the meeting between Yadlin and Ambassador Jones. So the U.S. government, well aware of what's going on, as Hamas created its government in Gaza and Israel launched a massive siege. Right. So the very siege that's still going on to this day was justified because of what they drove into reality. So they could do that. And the largest ever assault on Gaza in 2008. Justified by the siege, which was justified by Hamas being there, which was created by Israel to do so. You missing anything? I mean, God, let's, not, let's, let's not forget WikiLeaks has never been shown to be false about the things they've released. It's obvious, though. I don't think you need this to prove it. Now, I'm going to include this. We're already, I wanted to keep it under two hours. We're not going to meet that today. But Zachary Foster, historian of Palestine, he has a PhD, points out interesting things in this. Now, the, the gist of this point, and you can read through this, all the source material, which I, I appreciate what he does. He's pointing out the supposed three co founders of Hamas. I say suppose it only because I don't believe it was just an organic thing based on what we just saw and everything else we've heard. But the point is that every one of these people, like you could argue that it was a complete construct or that it was a construct, but the people that they put in these positions didn't maybe not maybe were not aware that they were being used. Right. The same kind of thing you, the Saudi Arabia admitted about ISIS and Al Qaeda, that some of the leaders weren't really believers, but ultimately a lot of the structure was and they're just being manipulated like Zionism over Judaism or many other examples. The point he's making, though, is that these three co-founders, you can show their history, and you can show that, for instance, he was this this guy was born in 1941 near Ashdod. On May 21st, 1948, Israeli forces entered his village and indiscriminately slaughtered many women and children trying to flee the violence. He survived. So, what does that do to somebody? Right? Not to, not, I'm not justifying or condoning anything. You just point. You can just see. You understand why choices are made if this is an organic reality. And the things they list off, these are historical documented facts. On November, uh, this one, this is, uh, oh, his family then fled to Khan Yunus. On November 3rd, 1956, Israeli tanks entered that area to eradicate Palestinian resistance. Palestinians picked up arms after it was slaughtered thousands of unarmed refugees returning home. And on, on, that same, on November 3rd, the same year when Israeli forces entered that, they rounded up all men, 15 plus, lined them up against a wall and killed them all. Yazuri at the time was 15 years old. He survived the massacre. This is the one account of what he witnessed, and it's horrific. Same point, though, every one of them. They This, this person saw as they raped and murdered families, or one of those examples are in there. And these people are the ones that are now in charge of a group that is rapidly against Israel, right? Not justifying or condoning, but it's interesting to understand how these things have been created by their own actions and then used again. Now, <clears throat> on the point about the specific, what's, I mean, actually, I, I forgot to even grab this, to be quite honest. I was going to look at <clears throat> what the current number is, as I've been doing, according to the United Nations, to see if they, which every every day, it seems that more of their people are being killed. This is as of two hours ago. In the West Bank, remember this, the West Bank, 173 Palestinians killed. Every day, the number's going up. Nobody's talking about that? They're not claiming Hamas. This is just settlers murdering Palestinians and taking their homes, and I mean raping, abusing, stealing. It's been covered by corporate media. Now the, all they did was enshrine it in law. They made it legislation that gave them their, their official capacity. They're just a, they're just illegal settlers from all over the world with rifles, with no with, with no real training, just murdering people. Forty six children have been killed. Are those forty six Hamas members in the West Bank? Why are these settlers killing children in the streets? Why does nobody care? Received another report from UNRWA. No fuel has entered Gaza since October 7th. They're lying to you. That's, that's per the, the, the director of the United Nations Palestinian Refugee Agency. Yeah, well, I, I was just, I was some, it seems like every day they list off the amount of people that they have had killed to show you where we're currently at, but I'm, I don't want to take more too much time going through them. But every one of these posts are important They're telling you what they're seeing, the lies we're being told. Look, the UN's paying tribute to the fallen staff in Gaza. Uh, over It's just saying over 100. That's where we're at right now. 101 humanitarian workers. I guess that's still the number we're saying. One school plus one building were directly hit by strikes. This was yesterday. That's more schools. They've received concerning reports of Israeli security forces entering an, a United Nations school. Two United Nations health centers in the Gaza Strip, with tanks used for military installations. (laughs) My God. Bombing schools, hospitals, nobody seems to care. So my point is, Zionists and those they're manipulating are now weaponizing the community notes using conjecture, which I thought that wasn't even how they were supposed to work, right? Accusing the UN of working with Hamas now. 50 UN buildings have been targeted. Not even, that, I mean, at the, at the time, not even Israel was claiming they were, they were Hamas was using these. And they're not explicitly claiming that now. They're just trying to insinuate now that maybe because they see that they're getting called out. On top of 50 plus journalists, 4,500 plus kids, over 100 or 10,000 civilians killed. Here's what it says. So here's, the, here's what United Nations put out an image. After this place has been bombed, and it's not just what the images you're showing. This is the front of the area. Multiple locations. Now, I'm not an expert. Certainly could be something other than a bomb. But my point is, this is what the community note says. In the video, in the photo, the sinkholes, the the sinkholes is consistent. Great. I mean, we can really believe this, right? With the existence of Hamas tunnels in that school. Okay. Consistent with something does not mean that it is or that, that this is, that's conjecture. It's assumption. International law is clear. A school cannot be attacked, but if you use it as a military fort, that protection is lost. That's not true. That is not true. Now, if you're talking about somebody in a blown out piece of territory where there are no civilians and you're using a school, well, that's very different. In the context of a civilian location where you're in a civilian neighborhood, yes, it does still have protection per the UN, per international law- rights lawyers, per it's, it's across the board. That's why these laws exist. That's why collective punishment is there. This is what we keep saying. To argue that because a person holds a hostage, therefore that makes them a target, challenges literally everything we've ever known. But community notes with the typo makes it very clear and then links to a bunch of things that if you read each one, doesn't even barely relate to what they're talking about. <laughs> but so my point was like, they're weaponizing this and they're not even Israel saying that. And I was like, wait, I take that back. Israel has gone full Zionist and is now actually accusing the UN of working with the mosque, you know, kind of indirectly. This is what the world can see right through. Uh, this is why the world can see right through this. It's desperation. And by the way, you notice that he's wearing a yellow star pin that says never again. Like I find that really interesting. The idea that you're gonna put a put one of those on yourself, right? Even though the whole point was that was what was placed on Jews during the Holocaust. Like you could put on some. I mean, why wouldn't it be a, a Star of David that says that? Like it's weird that you would put it on like that. To me, that just makes you. It's all about maintaining this idea that this is like. I think as other Jews have pointed out, the making it an eternal victim status, bringing it right back to the same concept. Even even adding it to this. I mean, it's like it's like using. I can't think of an analogy for it. I just find that really weird and almost counter to what you would expect. Right? Like that's something that you should you should. Never, I don't know, it's, that seems weird. I'll leave that there. But the point was, in general, wanting people to continue to think of it in that way, even if it's like ultimately making it about promoting the bad thing. Like, it's very strange. But here's what they actually said in this. And this is the this is the, uh, the UN ambassador, the Israeli ambassador to the UN.
7: Tedros, such as Mr. Lazarini of UNRWA, such as Mr. Griffith of OCHA, from all the other libelous UN organizations, committees, and also, sadly, from the secretary general himself. Do not, they do not reflect the situation on the ground. Yes, diplomatic niceties, niceties require us to thank them for their work. But sadly, <laughs> they are relaying falsehoods that are completely detached from reality.
0: For, for instance, I mean, this is the craziest part. Are you are you suggesting it's not an occupation? Well, yeah, they actually are, and this is what they're really talking about. Other than that, they're simply relaying what they're seeing themselves. My colleagues have been killed. I mean, look, ninety nine percent of the time, they're not even pointing a finger. They're just going, "We have a hundred colleagues that have been killed in Gaza." And the point is, they know what's happening. We they know we know what that means, and they know we can see that nobody else is bombing in Gaza. So the point is, they still feel under attack, and it just shows you mental percent like that israel knows they've lost control of this so now you're on the attack the u.n is anti is a racist anti-semite working with hamas for what for telling you that 101 u.n members have been killed they have we can prove it very strange very telling
7: for years the u.n has refused to establish verification mechanisms that can provide us a truthful picture of reality
0: He's suggesting Gaza, by the way. Every time we this comes up, like we just heard from the Red Cross and Red Crescent, specifically the Red Cross, in a different point. But the idea being that they say you should be going in to help the hostage, and they go, "Look, we can't go through bombing. We we can, there are areas you want us to go to. You've seemingly bombed around. Very very important point, by the way. because that means to suggest not to suggest that reveals they're bombing where they they at least think hostages are." or bombing to make sure that they can't get to them. But either way, in this case, the point is, are you suggesting the UN was supposed to go into an area that you have under total siege, that you are bombing and attacking to set up verification metrics? You won't let them do it is the point. And that's what, that's like, the it's like the game with the fuel. We gave it to them, but Hamas wouldn't let them. No, you were shooting at anybody trying to take it. So you spin this into UN doesn't do their job, which I'm not a supporter of the United Nations. Very likely that's always the case. But the point in this case is that it seems that you don't... I mean, why would you think Israel would want verification? Why? So you can reveal that they're murdering people? Which, by the way, that's what's happening. It's blatantly obvious.
7: WHO is it that supplies the UN with these so-called facts? (laughs) Sorry. Who is it that supplies the UN with these so-called facts?
0: (laughs) What a... Perfectly revealing moment, right? Okay, so you're you're just willing to just jump into attacking the WHO right with them because somebody wrote that on your piece of paper. Oh wait, excuse me, I didn't mean them. Who is it? We're still good with the WHO. Then never mind. (laughs) It's just so ridiculous that these people—they're desperate. That's what that looks like.
7: WHO is it that supplies the UN with these so-called facts? Sorry, who is it that supplies the UN with these so-called facts? Is this information coming from unbiased and impartial third parties? The answer is no.
0: Every- okay, so the, what's the what's the reverse of that? Israel stating this is what this image shows. Everybody report what I just said. La- the lack of aware- self-awareness or just the disregard for it is embarrassing. So. You only want people to accept what somebody that you like. Well, let's just let's just even say fine. So you think the Gaza Ministry of Health is not something you should blindly take at face value? Neither do I. But what you're really saying is you want us to not even report what they're saying. Why? Meanwhile, you're angry when people don't report exactly what you said with zero due diligence. Desperation.
7: Every piece of information regarding the situation on the ground that this council receives comes from Hamas not international UN employees in Gaza.
0: Look, so look, he, he literally just insinuated that these people are controlled by Hamas. The UN members, by the way, that have come, they're people that are like, they're, they're like Philip Lazarini is not in Gaza, right? The, 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 these people are part of this institution. And again, I am more critical of the UN and bodies like the WHO than like literally anybody else. My point is not that we should blindly trust them, but that these are the groups that have seems to have been weaponized in this way this entire time. I mean, since I've been doing this job and this is the first time I've ever seen it where they're at odds with the point. And so that matters. We should be at least pointing at that and going, what does that show us? And decide for yourself what that shows you. But what I think it's very clear is that you can see that they're bombing these locations. You can see the evidence of it. And now they're even beginning to justify why they would be bombing them. Well, because they're working with Hamas. This is how the hospital game started. Well, we think they're there and we warned them to leave. And now we're bombing them. No, Hamas did it. The internet, they know that they have at least still some level of control over People that would put out narratives around, I mean, any number of things, whether it's the media, the governments, it's clear that they're gaslighting the entire story, right? So they're going to continue to push for that. But I don't think people, I think people are seeing right through this.
7: I will remind the council that Hamas, a genocidal terror organization, controls every facet of Gaza. Every number from the so-called Ministry of Health is Hamas.
0: Right. So and don't forget, we know that they allowed this at, at, at least and at, at best or at most they created it and are making this happen. But either way, this is the fault of Israel and the United States, as we just showed you from like these cables and their own statements about why they wanted this group there. So these statements just are hollow. No matter what you add to it, they're lying about this in some way. And now to suggest that literally every aspect of his control. So what, you you telling me that you have had zero control over Gaza at all from 2006 forward? You didn't say that a year ago. So now you're contradicting what you were saying before this started? To what, to sell because you know they won't push back? I mean, th- this is why the average person's like, this is ridiculous.
7: Many UNRWA workers in Gaza are themselves members of Hamas. <laughs> oh the time has come to bust the myth of UN supplied facts.
8: Oh my God. This
7: council is being spoon-fed lies by the very same terrorist organization that deliberately murdered and maimed thousands of innocent Israelis just 34 days ago. Hamas has ensured that every square meter of Gaza is under their complete reign of terror. Many ambulances drivers are Hamas members. Local contributors to international media are Hamas members.
0: You know how easy it is to say that. And, and here's another even way to put this: just because they're a Hamas member, does that then make them a terrorist? It doesn't. See, now this is where we get into the realm, as always, as we love to do on T-Lab, where we're not afraid to say the thing that people are just yet not afraid of a little too too much. Right? We even if they think, well, we can't say that yet because what we'll we be call terrorists, I don't care. I'm not a terrorist and I don't believe that every single aspect of this is exactly what they say it is. Now, if I can prove to you that they're very clearly created, armed, funded, manipulated, used to create this chaos, then most of them are probably not good people. But at the end of the day, as we've already shown you, we have examples of people that like the Palestinian that watches his family get murdered and grows up to want to join the resistance to be able to fight for their own freedom. Let's not forget Under the Geneva Conventions, what Hamas did on the 7th was a legally protected act. Crimes that were committed in the midst of doing so were still crimes and should still be held accountable. It's not my opinion. That's just basic international law. Occupied territory, yes. Has the right to armed rebellion, yes. Period. Same thing with Syria, same thing with Iraq, same thing with any illegal occupied territory or the Golan Heights for that matter. But anytime they get attacked while they're the illegal occupier, they cry foul and play the victim. Very simple. My point though is if somebody then is deciding to become a member of Hamas, does that make them immediately a terrorist? I mean, look, this is the argument of saying just because we grossly misunderstand this, like anybody part of Iran's military is now a terrorist. It's just getting it's got so flimsy and so there's nothing to back it up but narrative. On top of all of that, and that's just to, to make a contentious point to show you that even within that, it, it's it's there's plenty of room for them to just make whatever they want out of it. But I'm, how do we take what they're saying at face value anyway? Even if every one of them are terrorists, how are, they, are we really just going to take them at at face value that every that drivers of ambulances and ev- every member of the United Nations Palestinian Refugee Agency or mo- some of them certainly could be? I'm not I'm not ignorant enough to say false because I don't I don't know, but I can sure as hell tell you that he would say that either way. You know why? Because we've already watched him watched him lie already since this started.
7: We saw this week that innocent photojournalists for Reuters and the New York Times not only documented Hamas's horrors, but crossed into Israel to film them with the terrorists themselves. Such as now, doc- now
0: that is being argued to be false. That's what we read earlier. But here's my, here's the interesting part about this. Doesn't that seem, did he literally just then say that that, that look, based on their, based on Ben Shapiro's statements, that makes the Reuters journalist, the New York Times journalist, the AP journalist, military targets. There's no misunderstanding that. What they've already said, anybody working with them is a valid target. Ben Shapiro made the point about just because you're holding a camera, there you go. Now you got journalists claiming that other journalists are valid targets because they support the Israeli government. How gross is that? My point though, is that whether it's real or not, if a journalist is embedded with an entity and they want to film it for the sake of actually capturing what happened, well, throughout history, that's happened on all sides of wars. This is just them weaponizing this. You know why? Because they don't want you seeing what's happening. And let's not forget that there was a Reuters journalist that was killed on the border of Lebanon, not in Gaza. Do we care about that? Is he a Moss member? These people are shameless. Now, Sarah Abdallah also reported in the category of atrocities: Israel just wiped off an entire residential neighborhood of twelve houses in Jabalia, Gaza. You know, day by day, this is just this is what happened. On, you know, one o'clock on Tuesday, right? A lot more happened by two o'clock. This is just the nonstop, ongoing, never ending reality. At least 31 dead bodies are pulled from beneath the rubble so far. A genocide is happening right before our eyes, and Western leaders refuse to stop it. Now, quite frankly, I make it harder than that. Western leaders are participating in it. Here is Reporters Without Borders. 41 journalists more than one in more than more than one a day killed in the first month of Israel- Palestine war well look guys this is not Israel- Palestine war this is a war on Palestine right there's not skirmishes going back and forth this is an onslaught in one direction that's what's happening and even reporters without borders is making sure you understand these are journalists from all over the world that yes' we're, many of them are from Palestine but they were embedded in this area to report on this. So look, it doesn't matter whether you disagree with their ideology or what they support or what they have li- signed up for. There's plenty of journalists in this country that are Zionists. There's plenty of journalists in this country that work with different groups we might find distasteful. The point is, it's not that as a journalist, there's plenty of people that are biased and manipulative. The idea is that you're not allowed to hold them, you know, as a journalist filming something, they're supposed to be some kind of like neutral part the uh Actor in all of it, even though we know that's not how it ever seems to go. But in this case, Israel's the first one that I've seen just to stand up and say, Well, that makes them a target now, or you know, take it back. Ukraine did the same thing. And I mean, yeah, I'm speaking just from my own opinion. I mean, for I'm sure throughout history, there's been other examples, but isn't it telling that Ukraine just did the same damn thing? I'm telling you, there's more overlap to Ukraine and Israel than we realize. Now, the spectator index reported, and this just were the first place I saw it, I remember, but this has been reported around you know, everywhere I've seen, including him just literally saying in front of the UN, the Knesset, specifically the member Danny Dannon from the Knesset says that photojournalists who took part in the recording of October 7th will be added to the list uh, who they will seek to eliminate. I mean, just think about the phrasing of that. To eliminate? Are they going to get a a, a trial? (laughs) I I thought it was a democracy. Obviously not. It's just like Ukraine. Just put them on a list, take them out. Right, put put them on a, a list that we're going to murder. A little too much on the nose, there, guys. Right, it was just ridiculous what's going on today. Here is a film. Uh, this is filmmaker Bissan Oda, who lives in Gaza, and this is what she has to tell you as she's walking. Right, let's well, now. This is one of the things people don't realize that the incredible distance they have to walk from. If if it is they choose to give up where they're living and be mass displaced for however many times it's been in their lifetime, which is a war crime. Then they have to walk for a very, very long way. And while they're walking, even during the four hours of ceasefire, they're being bombed, just like we told you they would be. And nobody cares. This is the I'm still alive.
8: It's...
0: And by the way, I'm not saying that just because she says that. I'm saying that because it's easily proven.
8: It's the 10th of November. 1040... 2 a.m. Um, I've been walking for an hour, two hours. And I'm carrying everything that I can to the south. I'm walking. Thousands are walking. Whoever can carry anything will carry it. If you drop anything, he will just leave it and go. Wallahi, wallahi. Wallahi, I've seen dead bodies, I've seen a leg and a foot of people and they were killed during the the past week to two weeks and I've seen humanitarian pieces on the, the ground.
0: Imagine that. As you're walking by with your family. You know, you're, you're walking through a graveyard of dismembered people and bombed bodies and animals eating dead. animals. it's, it's just I mean, think about this. this is and this is imagine this is you're walking down, you know, the street or the town you grew up in. Right. You're walking down this main street that you used to live in and you see the neighbors and people you knew blown up and killed and animals eating dead bodies. Democracy.
8: I can't I can't I go back you know, to my home until the end of this war. I don't have any place to go. I'm, I'm going to, to the unknown. I'm trying to find anywhere to go. and Nowhere. Nowhere to go. Nowhere. We, we are from the last
0: people that evacuated the north of Gaza. And, and here's an important point. Look, as they pass a dead body on the ground, lots of dead bodies. Don't forget, though, somebody's making a really important point about this. There's... A, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a game of narratives as they're losing all of them. It's like Israel's government's trying to like decide how they want to like make the best use of the failing narratives they have. And this point, it seems that they're trying to lean into the idea that everybody has now fled. The point is, there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, not just sheltering in these hospitals and other locations, but people that have just remained in their homes. There's a lot of them, as I understand it, in the north, in the south. So let's not forget that there are people that are there that are living through all of this. So it's just not like, oh, it's all been shifted to the South now. That's not the truth. About uh,
8: 350 to 400,000 people are still in the North. They evacuated the schools and the hospitals. I've been displaced for two days now. The, the road around me is uh, destroyed. Many places are bombed. I'm trying to count my family members to not lose anyone because many people during this uh, safe road lost their uh, family members or lost their children. <sighs> the, the, the road around us is, is bumped. Uh, by the way, they told you that there are ceasefire hours every day. This is wrong. This, even the road around us is being bombed during
0: our walking. Right. They told you that there are two safe roads. It's They on- so just realized that during that period, there's not supposed to be any bombing. Uh, the, suppo- the supposed pause, and they can't even do that. Because they don't, they don't, they want to hurt these people. They want, you have to walk for three to four. God dang, so frustrating. Here's the, this is a graphic, graphic clip here, guys. Just so you, just so you know. After ordering Palestinians to evict the north, Israel set up its aggression on the southern areas of the Gaza Strip. All right. So what they're telling you here, which by the way, we've already proven, is that, they displaced everybody, right, to the south, and now they just shifted into bombing the south because that was the plan. It always was, and now they're going to try to drive whoever is there out in you know wherever they can get them, and still bomb the north, mind you. My point though is that now they're just—it's clearly uh, this was meant to. This wasn't some move them over there so we can handle this, then we'll move you back. That's not what's happening. George Galloway reveals that they just murdered two children while they're on their scooters. I think only one of them has been shot. So I think only uh, one kid was killed in this image or this video of West Bank while they were just on their scooters. It's just this, this is their, this is not just October 7th forward. This is the life that they live. Shot and killed that kid. This kid jumps off his scooter, tries to hide behind the car. Imagine, imagine living that. Your best friends lying there dead next to you. Oh, it looks like they did shoot him. My God. Oh man, you got to be kidding me. Oh my God, that makes my heart hurt. So this uh, this kid is alive. He's moving. Oh my God. He's probably going to die there because nobody can help him because they'll shoot whoever comes to help him and they know that well. Why? So explain why they did this. No one's going in there. No one's doing anything. Why'd they shoot him? As he just said, unbelievable, you murdering bastards, George Galloway says. And here's what this person writes. To George Galloway, mind you. I hope you were outraged about American troops killing hundreds of thousands of innocents in Iraq too. Or the British Empire doing it all around the globe for centuries. If not, it's called a epo- Really? Like, first of all, you absolute moron. do You not realize you're talking to George Galloway who was scathing about the Iraq war, but or, or any British Empire, but realize how ridiculous it is. What is your point here? So you, you're not allowed to be only outraged about one? Like, who are you to dictate what people can care about? The point though, is that what's even the point though, in his case, I was going to say my point, but in this case, you're talking about your, I hope you were outraged. So if if somebody wasn't outraged about what America did, I don't even see the connection there. Like, it's a very weird statement. I just like, feel like these bots are just out there trying to like displace and maneuver and manipulate and confuse everybody. Bottom line is this is genocide and it's not just November, October 7th. This has been a lifetime for these people. Now this is, these are French clips says beyond disgusting at the length at, at the length French TV pundits go to justify the murder of children. Listening to Celine Pina, it's almost as if Palestinian children needed to thank the IDF for killing them. She says <clears throat> this absolutely unreal it says, quote, crimes against humanity, it's in French, are war crimes, are not a matter of degree, but of nature. In other words, a bomb that explodes, causing destruction and collateral damage, will undoubtedly kill children. But these children will not die with the impression that humanity has betrayed everything that they were un- entitled to expect. What? What is horrible is to imagine these Israeli children who were 8, 9, 10 years old, these women who were left this world with the last image of inhumanity, atrocity. Oh, so you're just towing the narrative that we have, you've seen nothing they told you. Meanwhile, you can literally watch children getting bombed and you just said that and said, well, you know, it's collateral damage, so we'll whitewash that and just pretend it's not an important thing. But what Israel said happened? My God, that's what she's doing. It just gets grotesque. These people are actively, in real time, downplaying one murder while playing up the other. And even if they were exactly symmetrical, that makes you a disgusting person. It says sadly this rhetoric is everywhere in French right now, French media right now. Another from a few hours ago: "Quote the Israelis have no choice; they want to to militarily destroy Hamas." They're forced to kill civilians because, unfortunately, Hamas uses human shields. Same old NPC argument. Human shield. Well, no. You know what? They really don't. The the proof has been there from the beginning. The evidence of the investigations from the UN. No, I I should say that we don't have evidence for it because, I mean, anything that happened that I haven't seen, evidence from many investigations have shown that they have no evidence for it. I've yet to see one example of them doing it thus far, but you know who we have a hell of a lot of evidence for? 2013. Palestinian children tortured, used as shields by Israel, per the United Nations. Reuters. Israeli soldiers who used Palestinian boy, a nine-year-old, as human shields, avoid jail. Defense for Children International, an international human rights group. Israel forces use five Palestinian children as human shields. That's 2023. This is from 2017. Generally, human shields. Since the beginning of the occupation in 1967, Israeli security forces have repeatedly used Palestinians in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip as human shields. Israeli soldiers routinely use Palestinian civilians as human shields by forcing them to carry out life-threatening tasks. It was also following a high court petition against this practice, which was filed by human rights organizations around the world in May 2002, that the IDF issued a general order prohibiting the use of Palestinians as a means of human shield against gunfire or attacks by the Palestinian side. But then it goes on to say, following the order, the use of human shields dropped sharply. However, I already read this kind of earlier, so I'll, I'll just play a little bit of it and leave it there. But I'll, the link is earlier included. But actually, in the interest of time, since I do have to get going, I'm going to get into this section hopefully tomorrow. I was going to try to do another point about soil attack today, and I'm going to include that tomorrow or the next show that I do hopefully tomorrow. But what I want to do quickly is just kind of rattle this off so you can see it. Now I'm going to go through this in depth and I will make, this is going to be included in the next show that I do. <clears throat> and this section is about ultimately this person, Captain Allen, who I'm not, I, who knows whether people, what they put in people's bios are accurate or not claiming to be a lawyer historian, simply saying, I'm a lawyer. And let me tell you why what Israel's doing is legal. It's just gross. So I, that's why I even question this person. I it's not that, that it's so, Easily proven to not be a true statement. My point, though, is, first of all, in regard to the intent, you can prove it based on the way that they have stated the intent themselves. Destruction, not accuracy. We want to turn into a parking lot. They shouldn't be allowed to live. It's very, that's very clear genocidal intent. But on top of that, Dan Cullen includes a clip where you can hear the soldiers themselves tell you that their job is to be able to conquer, expel, settle, tell you what they're doing. Right. You've got international lawyers from around the world. These are leading French lawyers who have now organized together and are now saying we are acting as a huge body for the defense of Palestine and we are going to hold Israel accountable for their crimes of genocide. And they speak to why this is the most obvious example you've ever seen. Oh, and we have a top UN official from New York stepping down, citing genocide of Palestinians, or people from the State Department, or people from the Knesset, but, but it's just but totally false, though, right? All over the world, these people in leading positions of Israel and the U.S. are stepping down because I can't stomach this. This guy goes on to make a very good argument for why it's obvious that there's the de- This meets the definition of genocide. We have this person basically trying to attack this teacher for not condemning Hamas and then going on to say that this was a terrorist attack and not justified except for the very obvious reality that it was legally protected under international law as an armed rebellion and then crimes were committed afterward or not allowed are or, or considered crimes but it does not change the fact that it was not a terrorist attack it was a legal act under under international law Per anybody who has a brain and is honest enough to tell you that's the truth because it's easily proven as I've done many times here is a rep. Uh, this was the minister, uh, Israeli minister, openly, literally, verbatim saying, we are rolling out a Nakba. (laughs) Like just right in plain day. And like this person says, when they tell you, listen, even Haaretz said, we're rolling out Nakba 2023. This is what I mean by genocidal intent. Ethnic cleansing is a part of this. And that's what Nakba literally is. And they're just telling you, but they're going to let them all come back though, right? Here is the Israeli politician, ex-deputy director of Mossad, saying, well, if each country around the world takes, or you know, 100 countries around the world takes 20,000 individuals, well, then we're all done. None go to Israel, though, of course. And now they're asking them to go to the United States. They're asking them to go to Europe. Like, this was always the plan. As Scott Horton points out, And the the West should welcome refugees to Gaza. As this point says, I wouldn't mind the Palestinians. The point is, by doing so, it would be abetting Israel's evil ethnic cleansing. So we should not abide it. But Netanyahu's already made it clear that they will never give them control of Gaza, even though they lie about that. Here is the example of them already putting up Israeli flags all over the coastline of Gaza. Totally wasn't like the point is, this was exactly what you think it is. They're taking this over. This is ethnic cleansing. They've admitted it numerous times. Oh, and they've already started to bulldoze statues they put up in regard to uh, Yasser Arafat in different places. Right. Because move on back. Right. It's embarrassing, guys. This is what they're doing in real time, in front of everybody, open genocide. And even the Israelis see it. So do not make this into an Israel versus other people. The Israeli people, by and large, do not want him in power. Now, there's a whole bunch of deviation there between what the Palestinians would want and what even these Israelis that don't want Netanyahu would want. My point, though, is recognize, at least momentarily, we all have a same, we all recognize that the Israeli government is culpable for this. Netanyahu must go now. Israel's newly bereaved families are holding one man responsible, right? Now, a lot of them do still think that Hamas is a terrorist group and they did do this and they were, but a, a lot of them believe that they were involved with this. I've read it directly from Haaretz. It's very interesting. I just want you to know as Americans and elsewhere around the country in Israel there are he is about to lose. And he only gets more desperate when this happens, as even Heretz has been reporting. Israel's trust in Netanyahu it's rock, rock bottom. Apparently, only four percent of Jewish Israelis you know the only people they care about polling, right? No care, nobody else matters. Not the not the Mike, not, not the African Jews, not the Israeli Palestinian, not the Israeli Christians. No, no, no. We only poll the Israeli Jews. I'm not. That's that's what we're. That's the reality, guys. Totally a racist state. My point is, four percent of Jewish Israelis support him. They want him gone. And just in case you think I'm being racist by stating that it's a racist state or that it's the state for the Jews alone, let's not forget that is Netanyahu himself corrected a news station when they said that was that it was an equal place for everybody. He said, no, no, it's not. Israel is the nation state of the Jews alone. He literally said this to correct her. But it's totally not racist, right? Now, lastly, to finish, and I will go over this in more depth, Netanyahu literally yesterday just warned. He warns he warns you. He warns America. If we don't win now, you're next. Now, of course, you listen to the rest of his context, he's implying that it's because Hamas will march around the world. But who created Hamas? Who funds Hamas? Who who uses Hamas? So maybe he meant it the way that it sounds. You can decide for yourself. But when you see him say warns of terror attacks in the West if they lose, and you know that they're capable of carrying out attacks in order to justify the actions that they want to achieve, like they've done many times in the past, maybe that's exactly what he means.
2: Iraqi Jews were convinced that Israel had a hand in uprooting them. After the 1948 war, there was mounting popular hostility towards the Jews in Iraq. Five bombs exploded in Jewish sites. The series of bombs created a panic which led more and more Jews to register to leave the country. I met an elderly friend of my mother's, uh, an Iraqi Jew called Yaakov Karkukli, who had been in the Zionist underground. One member of his group, Yosef Basri, a very, very intelligent uh, Jewish lawyer, and his assistant, Shalom Saleh Shalom, were responsible for three out of the five bombs, Basri's controller was an Israeli intelligence officer named Max Binet, who was based in Tehran.
0: And as it says here in the article, the U.S. and Europe will be the targets of the terror attacks if Israel loses its current war with Hamas, according to Netanyahu. If we don't win now, then Europe is next, and you're next. Netanyahu made these comments as he seeks to withstand calls from the U.S. officials to kill fewer children. You know, my God, if the fact that you're even—can you kill a little bit less children? I mean, that's actually what's happening right now. If a terrorist attack occurs in the U.S. or Europe, this may shore up the support for Israel's ongoing war against Gaza. Going back to the original point about from the show today about Iran the attacks therein, or vice versa, using that to claim they attacked inside the United States. Following an Al Qaeda terrorist attacks on New York and Washington on September 11th, as they frame it here, and the subsequent U.S. invasion of Iraq, Netanyahu stated, "Quote: We are." benefiting from one thing, and that is the attack on the Twin Towers and the Pentagon and the American struggle in Iraq. It swung American public opinion in our favor. That's a public statement. It says, while Hamas was never carried out attacks in the West, in recent years, Israel has acknowledged collaborating with Al-Qaeda. During the U.S.-led covert war on Syria that began in 2011, Israel supported Al-Qaeda's Syria wing, the Nusra front. They've even admitted this. In 2019, the outgoing IDF chief, Uh, Gadi, Eisenkot, acknowledged for the first time that Israel had indeed provided weaponry to Syrian rebel groups in the Golan Heights during the Seven Year War. The point being, it's far more likely that it would be something controlled by the Israeli government under the guise of being a bad guy that would justify the actions or shift opinion in his favor as it has in the past. I believe that this is more likely than anything else we're talking about. And let's not forget, Didn't Trump just weirdly say that Hamas was on the southern border? Didn't other U.S. officials from all sides of the party insinuate that Hamas was a growing problem all around the world? Why would they say that? There's no evidence of that effect. It's not true. I believe that there's something coming. At the very least, that it's a possibility because this man is very close to losing control of power. And if he loses control of power, he's never going to see the end of a jail sale. That's not my opinion. He was this close to being removed and put in prison before this all happened. The people of Israel do not want him in power. This is an interesting situation, but at the point we're at now, the only people, the average civilian anywhere in the world seems to be suffering. I mean, in this case right now, for this man's hubris. But overall, for the control of your lives through government in every country. But we see it, don't we? I mean, that really is the one that, you know, kind of fine point, the positive note. We see it. And I mean, I'm not trying to be like uh, um, hyperbolic or, or subjective. Like, you know, that everybody sees it. I really believe that the vast majority of people are seeing right through this. That's why they're so desperate. That's why they're standing up and saying the Hamas propaganda is winning and we need to do something about it. Well, that, that they're trying to tell you people don't believe us. It's not Hamas propaganda. The truth is shining through. And it's because of the work that we're doing in the independent media as the independent media, not just ELAB, And the fact that their last few agendas have been clumsy and people saw through it. It shook them free of the paradigm or rather specifically just the, the propaganda. Many of them are still tapped into that paradigm, but you know, we're working on that too. The point though, is we see it, you see it, they know we see it. And that usually leads to a pretty dangerous spot. That's the whole backed into a corner scenario but it ultimately does mean that we are winning in the sense of bringing truth to the forefront of the conversation that's all we're trying to do and of course they frame that as racist nazi terrorism or whatever and everybody shift one day to where it's you know i'm a woke super trans, whatever it's like from day to day my stance even though it stays the same gets batted back and forth between woke lefty crazy to right nazi and it's just funny to me that I'm the one staying, they're the ones that see me differing based on the current thing of the day that they all tap into, both right and left. In any case, it's important that we see that the average person, whether in the paradigm or not, are very much in the same path right now. Same thing that happened in COVID. I think it's happening a lot. They scatter you with some new agenda and we all seem to kind of coalesce back around the truth and it scares them right now. So keep fighting. Stand up for what you believe in. Say what you think is right. And don't shy away from it because somebody shouts these things. Conspiracy theorist, Laugh at them. Own it. Whether you believe you are or not, laugh about it and say, sure, man. (laughs) It's like you just enjoy that. Like just just know safely walking away that that person will be probably lost for a very long time. And him screaming conspiracy theory doesn't do anything anymore. So keep fighting because I know we're making a difference. And we are saving lives every moment that we reach somebody else. So thank you for being here. If you'd like to support this platform, there's a lot of ways to do so. A lot of our donation portals. We do have the Buy Me a Coffee, Star, Subscri- Subscribe Star, and all of that, but our donation portal on the platform is the best way to do so. Because again, as I keep saying, we're we're I've got a lot happening. We're growing. I was going to show you some new stuff today uh, in regard to social media stuff, but I'll save that for tomorrow. But we just brought on Jason Bassler from the uh, from formerly from the Free Thought Project, who's going to be doing social media work, and you know. As I've always done, I believe deeply in the idea of, you know, if, if you built it, they will come. I believe in you guys I believe in us. You know, like the, my point is that I always take these steps, believing that we'll grow into it. And every time I've done that in this field, it's, it's and the, the world is provided. And I believe that we're doing the same thing here. And I believe we're doing it for the right reasons. So if you believe in what we're doing, support us, whether it's just sharing the work or finding your ways to support here again, which things I listed are autonomy program. Our sub stack, there's a lot of ways to do so, but just show the work, get it out there because I believe we are changing lives. I love you all as always. Question everything, including me. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.